Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ho, ho, ho. Get your minds out of the gutter, all right? It's Christmas Eve. We're trying to have a good time. We don't need you guys uh, bringing us down into the dirt here. It is a Christmas Eve edition. That guy's Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. You come, we come to you live, as always, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It's almost Christmas, Brady. We are going to be doing a live Santa tracker throughout the show. Uh, let's just hope we don't confuse him with the homeless guy that hangs out outside the studio. But nonetheless, uh, it is a Christmas Eve edition. All sorts of fun football stuff to talk about. Oh, and we are in the giving spirit, that is for sure. But a lot to talk about. Some teams eliminated for playoff contentions. Others are still in the hunt. Gronk's still dominating. We had Dak Prescott with not so impressive of a game. But, you know, Zeke still stepped up like the Cowboys needed him to. Unfortunately, uh, they couldn't get the win. So a ton of stuff to talk about. But also, also, the Santa tracker. I'm kind of curious to see where this is going to go tonight because – you know, Jonas, when you and I talk throughout the course of the year, we always talk about who's been naughty, who's been nice. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious to get a sense of what you think Santa's got in store for you tonight. 
You know, uh, to give a, a, an accurate answer, I have got to wait until later on in the show when not as many people are listening. Okay, <laughs> that would be an accurate answer because I don't want I don't want to uh, you know start off on the wrong foot here and and annoy and bother a bunch of people. But I will say okay. this: uh, we have had reports throughout the the world of uh, bells in the sky. Um, we have uh, you know strange objects in the sky. Now again, a lot of people are drinking, so they could be seeing things. But I know that when Santa does, you are right now uh, in Columbus, Ohio, with your family. When Santa passes over Columbus, you've got to let us know because we need to be up to date on all this. Okay, I will of course let you know, and uh, you know we'll probably see that blinking red light, right? Like Rudolph's going to be leading yes. the way. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you know once I see the blinking red light. That'll be a pretty good indication that Santa. Is somewhere behind that. And now, so. can, can we start with this, though? Um, and, and again, I don't want to stir up a bunch of controversy. That's a lie. I'd like to stir up a, a bunch of controversy, but I don't want to take sole credit for this because I wasn't even aware that this was a thing until a few minutes ago. When caught on camera after the Seahawks win over the Dallas Cowboys, which we're going to get into at length throughout the course of the show, was Seahawks safety Earl Thomas going in near the Cowboys locker room and caught on tape talking with head coach Jason Garrett, if y'all have a chance, come get me. Caught on film. (laughs) Your thoughts when you hear this just a week after there was a run-in between Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas and a back and forth – it doesn't seem like things are all the, all right there in Seattle. Is there what what do you make of this situation? You played there for a short time. Your thoughts on the encounter? I love how you had to bring this up. What do you you mean? know how I feel about these sort of topics. <laughs> what? We we talked we talked about the Alex Guerrero and the Tom Brady New England Patriots stuff and I tried to set you straight on that. Um but so so here's how I feel about it. None of it matters. The Seattle Seahawks are still in playoff contention, okay? They've got to win next week, all right? As long as they win, they take care of business. And if Atlanta loses, which if they played like they did today, um, there's there's a likelihood that they will lose against the Carolina Panthers next week. Um, you know, the Seahawks are in. So so to me, like as much as we want to make this a story, here's the reality of a guy who played at Texas, a guy who, you know, really when you look at his contract, all right, it's pretty reasonable. He's only got a $10.4 million cap hit. And if he really wanted to push the envelope after this year, you know, it's only $1.9 million dead cap if they wanted to release him. But I'm sure, I'm sure Earl Thomas uh, would love to have the opportunity to play, I believe, in his home state, to play close to his alma mater, uh, in, in, uh, as in UT. So all those things, I'm, I'm sure Earl Thomas at this point in his career, especially when you look at his age, he's 28, he'll be 29 next season. If he ended up signing an extension or playing another four or five years, as physical as he plays, as little as he is, I'm sure it takes a ton of abuse on his body, and he's played through some stuff this year. I'm not surprised or shocked at all, but until the offseason comes, to me, it doesn't matter. And they've still got a week to prove themselves and the potential of getting into the playoffs. So you don't think there's anything to this whatsoever, that this isn't a big deal, that a guy was caught on tape going to the opposition's head coach and saying, if you all <laughs> have seen a lot of guys get, get caught on tape for, for different things. Well, yeah, guys. yeah, I know. But again, that's another one that we'll leave till the final hour because I've got more stories on I, that. I don't. But. I don't because this is business. Look, people, people look at football players, especially in the NFL, and they think that they are attached to the hip of the team that they are with, that they are diehard, they want to you know, live and breathe. That's not the case, man. This is business. Like when guys know that 
maybe the end, this is the end of, of the run for the Seattle Seahawks. They understand that they've got to make a lot of financial decisions you know, for this defense moving forward because they've paid a number of guys. And we've seen how some of those injuries have stacked up. And this defense just isn't the same. And, if, and, and you didn't even need to look anywhere further than what they did in their draft class. You and I talked about this coming into the football season. I mean, they were already preparing themselves whether or not those guys will end up being the next you know, legion of boom, if you will, guys like Tedrick Thompson, Shaq Griffin, other players that were drafted there to essentially come in and at one point maybe replace them. Uh, it's, it's already on the mind of Pete Carroll and John Schneider. They know that this window isn't going to last with this group, and they've got to build depth behind them and build guys that are going to be ready to come in and replace them because they're not going to be able to keep their cap situation in a good place you know, with all these guys trying to get paid. And you better believe Earl Thomas feels like he deserves to be one of the top safeties in the league, be paid that way, and he wants to go somewhere that's close to home and maybe finish his career down there. So none of that surprises me. And that's why I just don't really care. And, and again, until it's the offseason, until the Seattle Seahawks are out of it, uh, it's, it's not the conversation for me. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, like what if uh, a member of the Seahawks happened to come on the show? Would you be upset if I asked him about it? Uh, no, no. Okay. If Justin Coleman, for example, let's just throw a name out <laughs> okay, there. That's, I mean, if he happened to come on the show, I would be not upset at all. Okay. That's, that's your own prerogative. Okay. I mean, it's strange that you came up with that name. All right, interesting enough. Um, what did well, you he make? Had a pick six. Yeah, you no, know, I, I mean, pick six and we only listen. We have a, a requirement on this show: the only people that we will accept on this show, other than Santa Claus, if he can, if he has some time, um, the only people that we will accept on this show are those that return interceptions for touchdowns. And that's really, I mean, that's called having some pull in the business and being uh, being titans of the industry, if you will. So I don't think or, that it's reasonable. Or those that throw pick sixes. That's yeah. why I'm on on the show. Oh, come on, Brady. <laughs> we don't need to get negative like this. You don't hear me talking about all the times I got uh, laid off from a landscaping job because I, I didn't, you know, take care of the piping the right way. <laughs> which, which, if you've ever done any landscaping, you know how little piping you actually do when you landscape. <laughs> yeah. So I understood exactly where you're going yeah. with that one. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you know, we all have our, you know, issues with, with previous jobs. We don't need to get into all that stuff. You know, me getting fired from a retirement home. None of that. We don't need to talk about any of that stuff whatsoever. What happened at the retirement home? Uh, I was a waiter. I was not happy with the way some of the guests were being treated by certain members of the staff. And so I spoke out uh, and not in a very positive way. Said some regrets. I just, I keep having flashes of Billy Madison. <laughs> and uh, what's the uh, Ben Stiller? Oh just, yeah, just berating oh, yeah. and kicking you out. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, that uh, not 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 as bad, but there was something along those lines. But I mean, on the on the Dallas Cowboy front, you could not ask for a bigger letdown in a game Jeez, that you man. felt like everything was set up for you. You you got through the rough part without Ezekiel Elliott. He shows up. The play calling on on the second to last drive, I think it was in the end zone, the goal line. Yeah, that was that resulted in um, in a missed field goal. What the hell was that? I have no idea. And and th- really, when you look at this season, I think there's going to be a number of things that the Cowboys can look back on and they can second guess. Okay, and let's start with the Zeke suspension because had he served it the first six games of the season or maybe after week one, I know everyone talked about like the timing of all that when, when the suspension was implemented, and then they, obviously when they appealed, it pushed it back to a, a later part of the season. But everyone's going to talk about that because who knows how the season would have worked out right. had he missed the first six games and, and was able to play the last ten. Maybe it, maybe it would have changed the dynamic of where this team's at right now, record-wise or even just performing in general, Okay. Then it's injuries. I mean, we saw Tyron Smith when he was out. It was a disaster. 
at the left tackle position. Chaz Green struggled. Byron Bell ended up being a little bit better of an option, but still nothing to the extent of of, of Tyron Smith. And, and Des Bryant, he's just faded away as far as not being the type of dominant wide receiver we're accustomed to seeing you know him be. I think Dak had a hard time taking over uh, without Zeke and having to put it all on his shoulders. The defense went through some growing pains at times. And then finally, to, to your point about this game, play calling, game planning. Like the coaching staff needs to take, I think, more responsibility for how bad they played versus Atlanta and allowing your quarterback that you supposedly you know think is your future and you moved on from Tony Romo for Dak Prescott – Yet all of a sudden you put a guy at left tackle who gives up, what, five and a half, six sacks to Adrian Claiborne? Are you kidding me? And you don't find a solution for that? So then you look at the way the play calling went tonight. It's the same thing. And, and at some point the coaching staff really needs to take a look in the mirror because yeah. they were just as much a part of this season and the losses and not making the playoffs as the players were or any other circumstances we want to talk about. Uh, yeah, and, and then the Des Bryant discussion I want to get into later on. Um, but we are very selective on this show about who we want on as guests. We are very picky. We will only accept those that return p- a pick sixes. That is that is a requirement on that show. And with that being said, it is Justin Coleman of the Seattle Seahawks who scored earlier today in the win for Seattle over Dallas. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for the time, man. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, congratulations, man. When you when you grab the or what's your what's going through your mind? Take us through for everybody out there. Ninety nine percent of us that have never returned an interception for a touchdown. You see the field that wide open. Are you thinking to yourself like, "Good God, just don't trip"? Nah, actually, I'm just thinking like Zach is not going to catch me. There's no way. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nothing but open field, so. <laughs> Justin, I got to ask you, man, going into this game plan, knowing Zeke was going to be back for the Cowboys, uh, what were you guys thinking going in as far as what you wanted to stop, what you wanted to try to force the Dallas Cowboys offense to do? Yeah, he's definitely a really good back. And, you know, the first thing that uh, we wanted to do is uh, stop the run, you know, because uh, he's capable of creating explosive plays. And, you know, if everybody fit their gap well and, you know, played the right technique, and, you know, I feel like, we will execute well, and that's what we did. Uh, he is uh, Justin Coleman of the Seattle Seahawks with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn Jonas Knox here on FSR. Justin, I, I got to ask you this because it is uh, making the rounds on social media that Earl Thomas, your teammate, was uh, caught on camera going into the Cowboy locker room telling Jason Garrett, quote, if y'all have the chance, come get me. What is your reaction to hearing that? Hey, you know, I don't know nothing about that. I have no comment on that because I didn't even know nothing about that. But, you know, uh, I'm just keep playing for these guys. That's all, <laughs> That's all I can do. I get hey, it. Hey, Justin, I hear you, man. Don't let Jonas beat you into that <laughs> hey, garbage. I told him all earlier, I, I said, I'm not even going to talk about that. I mean, that's not how we do it. So let me ask you this, though, because people don't know. You won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. But you got yeah. traded to Seattle Seahawks. W- was there any vengeance? Were guys saying anything to you once you got to Seattle uh, after what happened with the New England Patriots against Seattle in the Super Bowl? Nah, they didn't. You know, they don't really talk about the past, you know. But they did ask me how. They didn't want to talk about that there. game. Yeah, nah, nobody talked about that. But they did ask me, you know, how was it being there because they heard it was completely different from being in Seattle. So you know, what were some of the differences? You know, it ain't, it ain't, I feel like it ain't too much of a difference. Both programs want to win. You know, one just have a little bit more fun than the other. That's it. 
Uh, he is Justin Coleman of the Seattle Seahawks with us here uh, for another minute or two on Fox Sports Radio. Justin, uh, Brady's talked about it because he spent a short time with Seattle a couple of years ago. What, how, sure. how much different is practice and just that environment and the, and the meeting rooms and everything else? Brady talked about how competitive everything is more so than anywhere he's ever been. Take us through what that was like the first time you had a chance to experience it. Yeah, I mean, the first time I walked in the door, you know, I seen a basketball goal in the meeting room, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, why they got a basketball goal? And the first thing that happened was a competition shootout. And I was like, okay, they compete in everything, not just football. So, you know, I, I, I love that they take pride in competing and everything. And I'm, you know, I'm one of those people who love to compete. So I feel like I can fit right in with this group. So, Justin, have they done the safe place skit yet? Have they done what? The safe place skit. Will they always bring the new guy up front? Oh, yeah. I'm just so glad they didn't do it to me. You got to describe it, though, for Jonas, because I don't know that he's aware of what, what, the skit, what the skit is. Yeah, it's just uh, Pete, you know, he'll uh, give a long story about a couple of the guys that, uh, you know, what they've been through. You know, it's not really what they've been through, but and then he'll make one of the new guys come up and, you know, right when they're about to – Give their story, we all just shut them up. Like, hey, we don't matter. Yeah, your story don't even matter. It don't matter how you got here. You know, it's just a matter of what, about what you do from now on. So. <laughs> well, uh, awesome. well, a great performance for you guys. A huge win uh, in uh, in Dallas, taking care of the Cowboys. He is Justin Coleman of the Seattle Seahawks. A pick six in that game. Appreciate you spending a few minutes uh, with us here on Fox Sports Radio. And sorry that Brady made me ask you about that Earl Thomas stuff, man. I didn't want to do it, but Brady, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I'm trying to do a safe show here. He doesn't want me want me to do it. It's crazy. That's all good. Yeah. Whatever comes to your mind. I'm Don't let him lie to you, Justin. Do not let him lie. Thanks, Justin. We appreciate it, man. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. I told you what the answer was going to be. <laughs> I, I told you it right out of the gate, man. Like No one cares. No one cares about that. You know what? Okay. Can we get into the New England Patriots uh, and Alex Guerrero and all that at some point? Yes, we are going to get into that. All right. Thank but God. but But understand, like, do you, there's a lot of this stuff that we talk about that you know me. I don't think is a big deal. But if yeah. we have a guy on moments after that's the story, you got to at least ask about it, or else we wouldn't oh, be doing our job. Oh, but he went the standard company line, man. I, mean, I don't know nothing about that. No yeah. comment. But <laughs> guess guess what ends up happening if you don't ask about it, then you get ripped because what were you scared? What his response was going to be, and that's why I made sure to blame you at the end, just in case he got upset about. Oh, it. so that was a CYA. I see what you're doing there. Yeah, you're but, you're covering yourself. That's yeah, what you're doing. Okay. Well, but CYA, what does that mean, Brady? Well, the last word, it's an Cover, acronym. Covering your ass. It's all right. Christmas Are we Eve. To yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, we, we've, some, we've had some people cuss on here before. Yeah, we have. We did have a Dallas Cowboy cuss <laughs> on, us, uh, on the radio before. With I, us. Believe, uh, I believe I was one of those that, uh, that dropped a certain bomb on the show. But uh, nonetheless, he's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, up next here, though, there is a team that nobody in the NFL wants to play right now. And when you find out who we're talking about, it may surprise you. That's next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we are going to tell you about a team in the NFL that nobody wants any part of. All right? Like right now, this could be the hottest team in the league, and the answer may surprise you. So we'll get to that here uh, coming up in just a minute. I do want to tell you that we are keeping track of Santa Claus and his activity. All right? Um... We do have reports uh, in Europe 
that Santa Claus and there was an object seen in the sky. Um, we, we do not want to confirm nor deny whether or not that was Santa Claus, but we did see um, reindeer. Uh, one of them had a, a very shiny object on the front of his nose. Um, again, this could have been E.T.'s finger. I have no Wait, idea. Wait, it was a shiny object? Yeah. Or I was it a... It was a white substance. I, I, I don't know which. I, I have no. I mean, to. well, again, I mean, you know, who knows what you do when you get fired as offensive line coach for the Dolphins? I mean, you do strange things, and maybe you jump up in the sky and dress up as a reindeer and call yourself Rudolph. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. That's not really where I want to go with this. Uh, you know, the, the fact that you spilled powdered donuts all over a desk and snorted them up—that's not even one I want to get into either. I'm just saying. A lot of sugar. We are. There are Booger reports. Sugar. There are reports uh, that uh, that there's an object in the sky uh, carrying gifts for for what it's worth. So. Just want to let you and this isn't like that Falcon 9 rocket that passed through the Southern California skies that freaked everyone out. Oh, from let me, SpaceX. Okay, let's let's get into that for one brief second here. Okay. You talk about bad timing. <laughs> first of all, first of all, they they released this on a Friday. Yeah. If they were smart, they could have done it the Friday before and gotten more of a reaction because that's when Star Wars debuted and all those nerds dressed up as something you get out of a claw machine in their 40s staring up in the sky after they walk out of Star Wars. Hey, look, C-4PO exists. Hey, look, it's Bar Vader, everybody. Like, that's what you should have gone with a week before, but they wait a week after to do some some crummy test launch in the sky. Get a I don't know about all that. I, I just know with the tension between North Korea and the United States, like I was just like, if I'm oh. on the West Coast yeah. and I see anything in the sky that looks like that, yeah. uh, that- I'm not feeling too good about what, what's, what's about to happen. So that- thankfully, it was just a test, and it's actually a good sign. By the way, uh, that, from, that, from all that is this show in a nutshell. Something happens... You immediately think North Korea and nuclear war, and I think nerds and Star Wars. That it that describes this there show were, to a T. There were some interesting still shots, though. I, there I mean, were. You tend to tweet a lot. Maybe you can find some, but they had some. There were some weird, you know, still shots. Yeah. A lot of people were trying to interpret what it looked like. I'm, I'm sure you can let your mind wander wherever you want. Yes, I, th- I thought it was pretty fascinating. <laughs> I'm sure we could. I just had no idea that uh, that Draymond Green's Snapchat was uh, visible from the sky. That's my only thing. <laughs> uh, by the way, we are brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, Brady Quinn. How about you're so good with those live reads, just working them in. How about it's unbelievable. How about Jimmy Garoppolo and those San Francisco 49ers? That's a that's a completely different football team than they were even four or five weeks ago. I was I, I was kind of not suspect, but just patient to see what he would be because every time you saw him in the preseason, even the two games he started for New England. I thought to myself, like, man, like if, if if he's in the right system, right pieces around him, this guy can be really, really good. But, you know, you didn't know how durable he was because he only started two games, got hurt in the second game he was in, and, and he couldn't finish out the rest of the you know, the, the two two remaining games on Tom Brady's suspension. So kind of concerned with that portion of it, but man, he has been phenomenal. And after just picking apart the Jaguars defense today. And again, I, I can't get over the fact that they don't really have a ton of weapons. I mean, Trent Taylor's nice, rookie, but nice. Uh, and they've got some other players. But, I mean, he's picking apart these defenses. He hasn't even been there a whole year. Right. Like, I can't imagine if they had more talent, he had more time. And, and, and look, as much as I think we need to give Jimmy, Jimmy G credit, and we should, I also think that there's something that he has in common with, I don't know, maybe a, a you know play caller that, 
was able to win the MVP for a guy like Matt Ryan last season. It let him have his best statistical year that he had. Like Kyle Shanahan should get some credit um, for for the position that he's put Jimmy G in because a lot of that too is some of the game plan they they've got going on. If you could build your team right now, this is going to become hot take, Bill. All right, so this is not normally where we like to. No, it's not a hot take, dude. Okay. He, he's got the seasoning. Okay. He's got the New England uh, pedigree. But, I, before you even say it, okay, Jimmy G, Jimmy G. Over Matt Ryan. Yes. Look at that. Yes. Scorching hot fireball take from Brady. It's not. Brady. like I, I feel like right now I have a better idea of what Matt Ryan is. Now, Grant, he's been a, a league MVP. Yeah, greater sample I think size. Jimmy Garoppolo will be. Yeah. I, I really do. With, with what you're seeing so far – and, and what the, the situation and circumstances that he's under, I really do think he's got that capability. Like, we're still kind of just brushing off the surface, I think, of what he's capable of. And, and for that reason, that's why I would go with him. Because I think he's going to have a long, successful career. Uh, granted, obviously, he stays healthy. And granted that they, they you know, provide him the right things around him. But you know, even that being said, look what they have right now on their team. And he's undefeated as a starter for the 49ers. All right, so I want to keep it here because we got to uh, hear from Steve DeSager to find out uh, what else is trending in the world of sports. He's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios because something that you just touched on needs to be pointed out. All right, This could be a harsh dose of reality for a team that some people thought was a Super Bowl contender. Okay, So we'll get to that here coming up next. But for all the latest, look at that. It's the great Steve DeSager. Merry Christmas to you both. We still have a couple NFL games tomorrow. And then that final weekend of the NFL season will be upon us next weekend. The NFC playoff picture is pretty easy. The Seahawks are still alive after their win at Dallas, 21-12. The bad news is they're tied with the Falcons for the final playoff spot in the NFC and head-to-head on a Monday night last month, Atlanta won at Seattle. So at the moment, the Falcons, even though they lost today, Missed a chance to clinch a playoff spot today. The Falcons are sitting at the number six seed out of the six playoff teams projected for the NFC. The Seattle win 21-12, by the way, and the amazing thing is that in this game, remember the Seattle Seahawks held only about 150 yards of offense at home last week when the Rams killed them. They had under 150 yards today, but with the three Dallas turnovers, Seattle won the game with that little Seattle finished the contest with 142 yards in penalties. It's the first time since 1966 that an NFL team won a game despite (laughs) having more penalty yards than total offense. Ridiculous. That is ridiculous. But see, that's that's a moral of that story: is break rules and cheat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and assume three turnovers from your opponent. True, yeah. that too. Yeah. San, Fran- San Francisco's won four straight with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. He had three total touchdowns. How about this? Four straight wins with him. San Francisco was 4-27 and 27 before him, their previous 31 games. San Francisco beat Jacksonville 44-33. The Jaguars did clinch the AFC South, though, when the Titans lost earlier. Arizona shut out the Giants 23-0. The Giants are 2-13, and reportedly safety Landon Collins broke his forearm today. The Rams clinched a division title 27-23, the victory at Tennessee, which has lost three in a row. New Orleans beat Atlanta 23-13, so the Saints clinch a playoff berth. Carolina, with a late touchdown, clinched a playoff berth with a 22-19 win over Tampa Bay. Chicago 20-3 winners against Cleveland, so the Browns at 0-15 now. Clinch the number one overall draft choice for a second straight year, and Coach Hugh Jackson is now 1-30 there. 
Kansas City won at home, clinching the division title 29-13 over Miami. Patriots beat Buffalo 37-16. The Pats clinch a first-round bye for the eighth straight year. They clinched when Jacksonville lost. Chargers are still alive after a win. Cincinnati and Washington with victories. No Sunday night game. Back to you. Yeah, that is a uh, that is a big developing situation as well too. No Sunday night game, so we are uh, scraping from the bottom of the barrel. Is live bet Jesus to try? Oh, to find some that's action. not true. I'm just saying. I, I, We've I, got a Sunday night game. Why, what college? The Hawaii what? Bowl. Hold on. Wait, the Hawaii Bowls tonight? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, you got to be kidding me. Melikaliki Laka or whatever they say in that dumb song. The Hawaii Bowls tonight. Oh, and yeah, we're baby. on. Fred? And we're on our great affiliate Fox Sports 990 in Oahu, Fresno oh. State tonight against oh. Houston. Give me yeah, a get Oliver, man. Man, give me a Kona longboard and a lay. The jewelry. The, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah the I was waiting for you that. to specify yeah, that, where you're going. That thing. Oh, the yeah. Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, well, live bet on the Hawaii Bowl. That's that's good. I mean, not me. But well, that's in Jesus. keeping with you uh, betting on every Hawaii game, trying to catch up <laughs> every Saturday night during the college hey, season. You know what, Steve? I don't need my flaws pointed out on national radio, okay? <laughs> Look, some people have addiction issues, and maybe I'm one of them, all right? Doesn't Hawaii usually play in the Hawaii Bowl? <laughs> yeah, but, often. Yeah. yeah, they do. But uh, but unfortunately, the thing about Hawaii football this year was, um, well, they stunk. So they did not get invited to a bowl. Even game. with 40 bowl games, they did not get in at 3-9. How about this? Hawaii started off the year 2-0, and including a win at UMass, which is like going from here to outer space for Hawaii. And they ended up winning one game the rest of the season. That's like, like one <laughs> and nine the rest of the Unbelievable. Unbelievably bad football team. But um but if they'll have and unfortunately you probably face the repercussions for that, I assume. Yeah, they cost me. Or did did you kind of realize that at some point? I know I realized it. I realized oh, okay. it, but uh but again, you know, like uh that never say die attitude, I just kept betting on him. Just kept doing it and kept losing. So uh I mean I didn't. Live bet Jesus did. Can we talk Fox Sports into sending us over for the Hawaii Bowl at oh, some I point? I would love to. Are you kidding That'd me? That'd be amazing. Yeah, I would love to. I've never there's... been. Looks like they could use the coverage just for the record. There's... <laughs> oh, come on, Steve. <laughs> there's one or two looks, empty there's seats. There's a, a lot of fans dressed up like seats, Steve. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what's going yeah. on. What is, yeah, In various, a of, uh... various group colors, apparently, yes. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so uh, thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, so I, I want to stay with the Matt Ryan discussion we were having before we uh, heard from Steve DeSager to find out what else went on in the NFL on Sunday because it, like we were discussing this a little bit before the show, that there's there are outlier seasons, but there can be outlier seasons in both directions. Explain what you meant by that and how that may apply to Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of people, right, we see you know sometimes players take step ba- steps back other times they have great seasons okay and it's like an outlier in a good way or an outlier in a bad way like if, if anyone recalls back when they used to take math or statistics there's something called a bell-shaped curve so you think about a bell those outliers are going to be on on one end of that curve and you know the rest of the year years or the rest of your performances are going to be somewhere in that larger grouping that's probably closer to one another as far as your overall production and the thing with Matt Ryan that I think is interesting, um, just looking at how he's performed in years past compared to this year, and obviously today, not a good performance uh, from Matt Ryan. And, and that's something that we saw, we've really seen the entire season. Now, they're not out of it. Um, they still have an opportunity to go in the playoffs. Um, but and, and he's dealt with a lot, right? There's been some injuries. There's been a, a new offensive coordinator, all those things. 
Um, but when he came into the league, like his senior year at, at Boston College, I think he threw like 19 interceptions, which it's it's almost two a game when you think about how many games you play in college yeah. football. And it's like for a guy who I think went number two overall, that's like that's, that's a really high number. And a lot of times what evaluators look at for decision-making, a simple way is saying, what's his touchdown-to-interception ratio, okay? That's not a good touchdown-to-interception ratio. It doesn't matter if he threw, you know, 40. You know, most most guys end up having somewhere between, especially if they're really good in college, 3-1 to one or higher, all right? 3-1 to one would be three touchdowns to one interception or higher. You know, look at Baker Mayfield this year. He was phenomenal. You can throw, look at a lot of other quarterbacks. Uh, but it's, it's one it's one way of looking at decision-making. And, and for some reason, it was not held against him at all when he was drafted. People kind of just said, no, this guy's you know, going to be a you know, Pro Bowl caliber player, which he is, and he's going to be able to lead a team, be a franchise quarterback, and lead him to a Super Bowl, which he's led them to one. He's not won one yet. But when you look at his entire career, his entire body of work, he's only got two seasons where he didn't throw you know, double-digit interceptions. Only two seasons. And that was last year where he was the MVP, and he had by far and away, by far and away, his best season and his third year in the league where I think really people started to somewhat kind of buy into him uh, and in what he's capable of because that was one of their best years. They went 13-3 and three at that point. His rookie year, they were, they were good. They went 11-5. Uh, but statistically, he wasn't as good, and it was a good defense, good running game, good protection, all that. Uh, but, but the point I'm trying to make is this. like He kind of is what he is at this point. And that's why when you brought up the Jimmy G conversation, like I, I look at Jimmy Garoppolo right now as far as what he is as a quarterback in this league right now. And he's only going to get better with more experience. Right. With, with Matt Ryan, you know, he's he's played a lot of football. Like, I think we know what he's capable of. And that doesn't mean he's not going to win a Super Bowl. It just means he might need a little bit more out around him. And, and that he's going to make some mistakes. It, it's it's what we've seen from him through his play through the course of his career. And, and the best of them do that. But for people to sit there and say, like, well, he's regressed. I kind of say to you, well, you must not have paid attention since he got in the league in 2008. Because yeah, he's basically been this quarterback with the exception of last season. But what's funny about this is that you you say this and Falcons fanboys will come on up, you know, unglued talking about, oh, he's a great quarterback, he's a top 10 quarterback, he's this and that. And I think part of the love for Matt Ryan, if you go back to when Matt Ryan came into the league, that was on the heels of Michael Vick burning that organization. So they were looking for anything. And he yeah. was the complete opposite of Michael Vick, and he never had an issue off the field, and a good guy. So because of that, I wonder if people fell in love with the difference between him and, and Michael Vick as opposed to what he really is, which is a good quarterback, but I don't think he's, you know, to use the tired phrase, elite. And the other thing, too, he's never, for everybody out there saying, well, give him a look, cut him some slack because he doesn't have his offensive coordinator from a year ago. Okay, well, if I'm going to cut him some slack for that, then I better be overly critical with his earlier performances in his career because that's a guy who came into the league and walked into and has had, since he's been in the league, Julio Jones and Roddy White and Tony Gonzalez and Michael Turner and uh, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Cole. Like, he's had nothing but weapons around him. And and he hasn't, I, in my opinion, he hasn't maximized it, their ability. I, I don't think that he's done enough to justify being called one of the better quarterbacks in the league because if you give those guys to some of these other quarterbacks around the NFL, you imagine Brady with any of those guys? Oh, my yeah. God. He'd have a field day. Oh, and, my and, God. You know, that's been a competitive t- division at times, okay? 
Like it's not like all of a sudden you're you're talking about one of the toughest divisions to, to play in. It's not like the AFC North or you know even the NFC West when you're talking about you know around 2010 and all that. Uh, you're, you're talking about like a, a, a division that's good this year. It's been competitive this year in the last few years, um, but you know by and large, I mean. Tampa's kind of struggled to kind of come back. I mean, we saw the Saints, they were 7-9 and nine for three years in a row. Um, you know, Carolina, they were great, what, a couple years back. They go 15-1, and one, but they were they're kind of up and down a little bit. I mean, they've, they've been more dominating in that division of late, um, but I think that kind of tells you something more than anything else. It's that he's been on a team that's been this talented in a division that's kind of winnable when you really look at it uh, and you look at how that team's built. And they haven't been able to come away with more NFC South championships, and they're not going to this year. So, it's it's kind of, you know, it, it, to, to answer your question that we talked about what a, a segment ago, it, it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, and, and that's not any disrespect to Matt Ryan. I just think it, it tells you more of, I think, what Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to do with much less, with much tr- tougher circumstances, having to get traded to a team halfway through the season. And all of a sudden, jump in there where the, nothing's on the line for these guys, right? I mean, literally, these guys aren't playing for anything nothing. right now, and yet he's still finding ways of, of getting them wins, getting production. It, it's been remarkable, and I think this will go down as potentially, especially you know, depending on what Jimmy Garoppolo ends up being at the end of his career. But people are going to look back and say, just like they did with Tom Brady. Do you remember when they got him for a sixth round pick? Oh my gosh. People are going to say the same thing about San Francisco and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan getting Jimmy Garoppolo for only a second-round pick. He's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Up next, you will hear from uh, a player in the NFL that many are outraged with. All right? So stick around. We'll have that for you next year coming up on Fox Sports Radio. the hell is this? What is is this? Uh, Bobo, what is this? What the hell is this? This is the Jackson 5, bro. Oh, it's Michael Jackson? Well, and him and his brothers. God. Oh, free pass, Michael? Old free pass, MJ, huh? <laughs> you a hater. All right. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live here from the Geico uh, Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, Do you have still- one glove on right now? Uh, we are still awaiting. Uh, you can see that far down. <laughs> I hate you so much. Bro. <laughs> you can... <laughs> oh God, I hate loves you. <laughs> he loves it. Uh, we are going to have uh, live updates on uh, the whereabouts of Santa Claus throughout the evening. Last we heard was Europe. Um, I had uh, somebody uh, uh, sent me a tweet from Bangladesh, um, but I couldn't understand what they were writing. So I don't know if that was I... Santa Claus or just them, uh, you know, sending yeah. a, a dirty pick. I actually had a buddy tell me that he stopped off in Amsterdam, and it, it, it may be a while. Oh, yeah? It may, it may be yeah. a little while before he makes his yeah. way over to the that, States. Uh, I think, that, that red light district isn't just Rudolph's nose, folks. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I heard it was actually like some sort of coffee shop or something, <laughs> okay. and I guess he had a, you know he had some coffee and yeah. something else, maybe a brownie. Yeah. Uh, it took him, it's taken him a while to get over here. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, uh, we will keep you up to date on the whereabouts of Santa Claus uh, throughout the uh, the remainder of the program, so uh, we're not we're not going to give away any any firm details because we're not into ruining surprises. But we will let you know uh, where Santa Claus is uh, at every waking moment when we have updates. By the way, we do have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15 percent or more on car insurance. All right. So Brady Quinn doesn't think this story is a big deal. Uh, I think it's kind of a big deal. 
Twitter uh, thinks it's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they love stuff like this. It's a peek inside the locker room. Um, and not that kind of peak. That's what I'm into. <laughs> well, technically, um, Earl Thomas went to another locker room. So that was, <laughs> he was exactly what he was doing. He peeked inside the Cowboys yeah. locker room. Um, so Earl Thomas of the Seattle Seahawks, after the game was over and they beat the Dallas Cowboys, was caught on video uh, talking with Jason Garrett in the Cowboys locker room and saying, if y'all get the chance, come get me. And um, so, of course, that was heard by reporters. That made the rounds on social media. We heard about it. We talked about it. Brady made me ask Justin Coleman, his teammate, and we had him on earlier in the show. I didn't want to do it, but Brady made me ask him because he's into gossip. So I did, of course. And um, yeah, that was all the time. That is a lie. Um, I wanted to ask him because it's, you know, wanted to do my job. But the reporters were able to uh, get Earl Thomas to discuss the issue. Here was Earl Thomas talking about it after the game. I don't literally mean, like, come get me now. You know, I'm still in the prime of my career. I still want to be here. But when Seattle kicked me to the curve, please, the Cowboys, come get me here. You know, I, that's the only place I would rather be, you know, if I get kicked to the curve. So that's what I meant by it. Um, and, you know, people take take life too serious. So there's that. Yeah, and, and as we said before, and, and as Earl Thomas said, people take it too serious. Like, he's he's being honest. He's being truthful. He doesn't know how many more times he's going to have the chance to go stop and talk to, to Jason Garrett and say, hey, man, well, my time's up in Seattle. Come get me. Like, like this is a place I'd, I'd want to play. And, and that, that's powerful. Now, was it the right place for it? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> like, you know, I'm okay. sure if, if Earl was down in the Dallas area in the offseason, I'm sure he could find a way of getting in contact with, with Jason Garrett to portray that message. Yeah. Um, but, but that being said, as you and I talked during one of the breaks, you know what's weird about the Pacific Northwest? Um, it's, it's like they can make these sorts of headlines and I, like, and it just kind of goes away. Like they're in this pocket up there in the Pacific Northwest where things happen and there's discussions and, and, and maybe that's why sometimes we don't always see everything that happens on the Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, it's only sometimes we see it on game day. We don't hear more about some of the stuff during the week, but it, it's just from my experience being up there, it's kind of in this little pocket where, you know, People obviously pay attention to kind of what's going on there and everything else nationally, but no one else nationally pays attention to what's going on in the Pacific Northwest. So you it kind of hide behind it a little bit. Um, and, I, and I will say this from like a financial standpoint, when you look at the contracts going to next year, Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, Doug Baldwin, those are the four highest players on the team going into next year. And then it's Earl Thomas at $10.4 million which he'll be going into the last year of his under contract with the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm sure he wants an extension at some point, yeah. right? Especially, again, the way he plays and everything else. And we'll see what Seattle decides to do because with their adjusted cap, which means the money they didn't spend this year, that rolls over into next year's cap, they'll have like $17 million. And they might actually have more if, depending on what happens with Cliff Averill because he's supposed to make like $8 million and he might end up not – playing so we'll see do you think that that would fly at a holiday party like i'm gonna be at a holiday party uh with uh my girlfriend and her family coming up later on do you think if i said uh to one of her cousins like the next hottest one like hey uh just if things don't work out with her make sure y'all come get me <laughs> that's the would reality of the situation dude i mean because if that, that works that's, I mean, that's, that's the laws right. of supply and demand well let's work that out during the break okay <laughs> So there's a really troubling trend going on right now in the NFL. The numbers are going to shock you, but they're all legit numbers and legit possibilities. We'll explain what that is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. 
That guy right there is Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio, the Christmas Eve edition of Fox Sports Radio, and we do it all live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, so, Brady, we're coming up about a week away on uh, when the – and we, we did the show last year at this time to where there were coaches while we were on the air in week 17 getting fired and, yeah. and losing their job. I remember Chip Kelly was one of them. Um, and, and I want to say that it was, was – did Jay Glazer come on to break the John Lynch news being hired as general manager or was it the Chip Kelly firing? I think it was the Chip Kelly yeah. firing. I don't. I don't remember John Lynch getting hired that quickly okay. as their general manager. Yeah. So, so we were here, and it's it's chaos. It's Black Friday. It's not a good time for a lot of these guys. I don't like seeing anybody lose their lose their job, regardless of how you feel about them financially. Like you know, there's it still impacts a lot of people. And so, um, was talking, kind of looking this over in the NFL. If you look at you know teams in the NFL, and you've got these coaches that could potentially be getting fired, or coaches and the possibilities of them. I kind of broke them up into three groups, and I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, of each of these groups. Because as it stands right now, as we approach the final week of the season, the coaches that I think for sure, and, and, and the teams that are for sure going to have head coaching openings in probably about a week from now, are the Browns, obviously the Giants, the Colts, and the Bears. Does that seem like a fair list? The, the four that you can look at and go, oh yeah, that's a definite. Yeah, and and obviously you have to include. Uh, you said Giants, right? Yeah. yeah so so that, yeah, okay. I would say those are pretty definite. Then you've got the more than likely. Okay, you've got the Bengals because of the situation with Marvin Lewis, the rumors that came out last week, and how that's all gone on. So more than likely, the Bengals, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the New York Jets, and the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, and and look, Dirt Cutter, it hasn't really worked. I don't know why it hasn't worked. Uh, that was a uh, they they sort of took a chance at trying to, but then you're hearing the the rumors of John Gruden being floated out again. That maybe Gruden <laughs> working with that. I mean, it's the, the, this is, is is that just John Gruden trying to get more money? Uh, who knows? I mean, but it I, always is. I, I don't know. I don't know if they've got any more money. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if that's the uh, the movie should be <laughs> the card he should be going to, um, especially with uh, you know some of the other people being unfortunately being laid off there. But so you've got those four. Um, Jim Caldwell in Detroit, now you've got the Lions afterwards that aren't talking about his, they're not willing to commit to him or not willing to talk about his job moving forward. But Jim Caldwell, that was a bad loss to the Bengals in a big spot for Detroit. Now they're out of the playoffs, so I could see Caldwell getting clipped. Yeah, I could as well. And only because I feel like for the last three years, we've kind of heard that being the case, right? Like that, that you know, they were kind of unhappy, or they, you know, they they weren't sure if the team could kind of get over the hump. Like they're a team that could get into the playoffs, but not win the division. I mean, think about this. You know, the the Minnesota Vikings won this division a couple years ago, okay, and and this year they won it again. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to play for the Packers the entire season. If he plays for the Packers, to me. Maybe the Vikings still win it. It's probably a lot closer, though, uh, than I think what we've seen this season. And I think if if I'm ownership in Detroit, I'm probably looking at that same scenario to my, and, and saying to myself, we should have been able to make it in the playoffs this year. Like, when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and they don't make it in, we should be that other team that makes it in. And, you know, and unfortunately that's not going to be the case for the Lions this year. And I think with... The money they've invested in in Matt Stafford, with the money that they've invested in other 
positions on that team, they've got to start fielding better results. And, and you know, it, it stinks to say it, but sometimes you've got to have a change of culture, uh, a change in that environment there in order to try to find a way to have success. And, and I hope, I hope this for Matt Stafford moving forward, whoever the next guy ends up being, and they've got like two good candidates on their staff, by the yeah. way. Like this could be a situation with either Tennessee or, or Tampa Bay where we saw Mike Malarkey and both Dirk Cutter get elevated after or, they fired or the Giants those head coaches. With Ben McAdoo. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or it could end up like that. Um, but we could see like Jim Bob Cooter or Terrell Austin. Uh, you know, both those pieces could end up being elevated to a head coaching job. But I would think that you'd want to kind of change um, everything there. You know, as bad as that sounds, only because um, you've—I mean, we've seen it before. I kind of feel like it doesn't really work. Like examples of that again. Tampa Bay right now, Ben McAdoo, maybe Tennessee. If they don't get in the playoffs, I mean, that would be a pretty tough collapse for a team that at eight and four at one point you thought, I mean, and, and honestly, like it's, it's going to be, it's kind of funny. Like it's been hard for them to go. They're on a three game losing streak and they're still at the, in the, in the number six seed. Like yeah. they're still right now, as bad as they've been the last three weeks, they're still in a position to go into the playoffs. So I don't know if that tells you something about the AFC South, maybe the job that they did earlier in the year, or I'm not sure really what that says, but um, they have been bad of late. They haven't been great or played the potential all season, and they still sit in the sixth spot in the AFC playoff picture, which is remarkable. Um, there's also so that so right there between those two groupings that I just gave you those those are eight teams. Um, there's also teams on the outside that that I could I could see if this were a case to where they made a decision to fire their head coach, I could kind of understand it. And those teams are the Texans. I would not be overly surprised if the Texans decided to part with Bill O'Brien. There was rumors about it last year. Uh, the Denver Broncos, um, that wouldn't surprise me if the Denver Broncos decided to move on. And then you've got Arizona, whether Arians decides to call it a career and kind of you know move in a different direction. You mentioned Tennessee, and now there's the latest thing that has come out that if he's available, that the Bengals would try and target Jay Gruden to bring him back to Cincinnati. So if, the, if all those things happen, and again, not saying that every one of them will because I think there's different categories and level of concern there for each of those coaches, but if all those things happen, we're talking like 12, 13 out of 32. Like that's over a third of the league going to be out of a head coach possibly in a week or a week and a half. That is insane it's, to me. It's nuts. It's terrible. I mean, could you imagine if well, – let's just say, for example, uh, we'll compare NFL franchises – to, to the stock market, right. right? Let's say these are Fortune 500 companies, which I feel like it's fair to say that because they're billion-dollar franchises, okay? So let's compare them now to a, a Fortune 500 company that's traded publicly on the New York Stock Exchange. Could you imagine if every two, three, four years or something like that, you know, there was this sort of turnover in, in some of those companies within the Fortune 500? Th- their stock price would crumble. Oh, yeah. Like, people would be in full panic. People would be selling all their stock in a heartbeat, Like if, especially if they had this much turnover. And in particular, when you look at organizations like the Browns, who you know continually run through coaches or whoever you want to throw into that category that's run through a number of coaches the past you know, few years, like that's, that to me is it's bad business. It's bad for obviously the people involved and their families and how it affects them. But bottom line is – I don't know that you're ever going to truly see growth and the results that you're looking for in the long run. You may have a quick fix. And, and, and honestly, it might be like New York Giants last year. 
where you can spend a bunch of money in free agency. You can have one of those years where you go 11-5. and five, Maybe the schedule ends up being a little bit softer. And, and you have a decent year. And then all of a sudden you revert back to what the Giants were this year. And, and, and that's unfortunately what it's going to be. You're not going to be able to have the sustained success that you're looking for. Uh, like, I think, other companies who are Fortune 500 companies who are billion-dollar organizations try to strive for and look for. Like, right. I don't know why more NFL franchises don't start looking at how Fortune 500 companies build themselves and say, you know what, maybe we should replicate that. Because right now, like in some of these teams, some of these organizations – there's way too much turnover. There's way too much wasted money on these coaches, guaranteed contracts, and that's why I think some people don't feel bad for them. Uh, but, again, there's other people involved, like their kids and their wives and everything else, uh, and obviously the players who are impacted by that. But, you know, again, that that's where I sit there and say to myself, like, I don't know why more organizations don't look at some of the, the top industries in, of the Fortune 500 companies or publicly traded companies and start talking to their leadership for advice as far as what they're doing, who they're hiring, and how they and how they should set forth, and in particular, and then in times of adversity. Well, and it goes for business, family, relationships, uh, organizations. Like if you have a strong foundation, you increase your odds by an infinite amount of having success and being able to to have something stable go on. But the thing that I'm looking at here is if we're talking about possibly 12, 13 job openings in the NFL, man, are there 12 or 13? like legitimate good candidates out there to fill those jobs? I mean, aren't we talking about a watered-down market at that point? And if we're turning and burning coaches this quick, I'm, you're just you're just going to continue to play from behind moving forward. That's I, I, I don't know. Like somebody, don't you give Jacksonville a little bit of credit, okay? And I know Gus Bradley's gone, but they stuck by that guy for a long time. Like they yeah. showed that guy serious loyalty and I know that he's not the coach there anymore, and we'll get into Jeff Fisher thinking that he deserves credit for this year's Rams, which is one of the <laughs> most, amazing, just gonna say. most amazing things I've ever seen. But I, I do think there's something to those players, those young players didn't have to you know, worry about a coach being gone within the first couple of years. At least there was some stability there for a short amount of time for them to get, you know, sort of get accustomed to the league. Now you're seeing a much better football team. I just I don't know that there's that many good qual candidates out there that are qualified to take these gigs. No, I'm with you. I think there are. I think what some of the candidates lack is experience, and what probably gets exposed early on in their career as a head coach is that lack of experience, situational awareness, um, you know, handling off the field stuff. Uh, you know, maybe the way you should. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, being able to handle the entire operations of, of being the head coach of a football team. Like if, if some of these coordinators haven't done it before and all of a sudden we're asking them to, um, on, on the biggest stage that there is in professional football, uh, you gotta be patient with them. Like we always look at rookie quarterbacks and, and we try to say, you know, all right, let's be patient with this guy. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to go through, um, you know, some of those bumps along the way. Well, why do we not say that with the first time head coach? Yeah. I mean, no, ben, ben McAdoo, for example, like we didn't give him the benefit of the doubt at all nope. this year at all. And and maybe we should have. I mean, not saying that, um, you know, he made all the right decisions or he didn't make some poor decisions. OK, I'm just saying that it was a first time head coach. All of a sudden, the guy who is down in Jacksonville, who could have maybe mentored him or been over top of him in some way. I'm not sure if the Giants could have ever made that work out with Tom Coughlin when they wanted to move on from him. 
But the bottom line is once that guy was out the building, Ben McAdoo had to reinsert his own culture and recreate that. And I don't know that he ever really did because it, it's kind of hard. I mean, you're stuck in a rock and a hard place because you, you're trying to continue what Tom Coughlin had built, but then kind of add your new style to it. And, and all of a sudden when things don't work, people say, well, pff, yeah, we've got this guy, Ben McAdoo. We, we needed Tom Coughlin back there. We need someone like that back here to keep these guys, keep these players accountable and have a chance of winning a Super Bowl. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, these these teams are going to operate however they feel uh, is in their best interest in the short term to try to get the wins next year because that's always what you're selling, right? Yep. If you're the Browns right now, you got the number one overall pick in 2018. You're already selling for 2018. you still got a game to play. You know what's a good gig to have right now in sports? A consultant. Ooh, oh, that's a man. juicy gig because you can just sell people on hope because they're so desperate right now to try and figure out how they're going to keep a coach longer than two seasons that they'll do anything. All right, so Knox why are, why are you oh, consulting? Oh, yeah, Knox, Knox, Knox consulting. consulting. Yeah, here, uh, step Don't into my office fast, here. Uh, I'm busy, but uh, but here's my nurse, uh, Mr. Quinn. He can take you through all the uh, all the ingredients that make our company better than everybody else's. We could just literally, there's tw- I mean, seven or eight of these gigs open up every year. We just, uh, let's lie on our resume. And let's let's make up a bunch of fake credentials, and then you and I can consult. How about that? I'm I'm down for it, man. And, and then and then we can do it on the air and just be totally reckless and talk about contract negotiations <laughs> and all that. And when they tell us to shut our mouths, then we charge them a higher fee in order to shut up. Yeah. Huh? Look at I that. love it. Yes. All right. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, coming up next, there is a. A potential franchise quarterback that had some very interesting things to say. They are not going to be well-received by many people, but we'll tell you why he was spot on. That's coming up next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. On a Christmas Eve edition of the program here on FSR. You got any uh, big uh, Christmas Eve party plans after the show's over, Brady? You're going to get ripped? No, no. Actually, uh, I've got to fly out tomorrow because i got to call a bowl game. Um, Wednesday, the Foster Farms Bowl for Fox, Arizona versus Purdue. All right, yeah, and I've got to do a. Uh, I've actually got to do a pep rally at the uh, at the bowl site or up there in San Francisco on Tuesday. So I'm flying out Christmas Day, so I can get there and make sure that's all taken care of and everything else, and we get ready for our game. What do you mean you got to do a pep rally? What do you mean? Uh, look, I found out about this about five days ago. Apparently, they have a pep rally uh, with both teams, the head coaches, both bands are there as well. Um, and they have an event where there's a crowd and you have a pep rally, but it's for both teams for the game. Are you still, okay. Now you're the, the game's in Santa Clara is the pep Correct. rally also in Santa Clara or is it in downtown? No, San it's going to be in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause that was at super bowl 50, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the game was in Santa Clara, but the, the, all the super bowl headquarters, the radio row and all that was all in San yeah. Francisco, like kind of a bit of a pain in the ass as far as travel goes. I also, a lot of homeless a, people, a logistical in, uh, nightmare. downtown San Francisco, a lot of homeless people in San Francisco. Yes, that is, that's kind of sad, yeah. but you're not lying. I mean, I, I don't know where your hotel is at. Um, cause I also work for another network and I was there with them cause they were actually, um, airing, uh, the super bowl that year. Yeah. And literally, if you turned left out of the hotel, you might have tripped over like three different homeless people. <laughs> oh, I did. Like, it, it sounds terrible saying it, but if you had t- had too much fun the night before and you weren't aware of where you're walking, like there's just people posted up everywhere. So it was it was pretty sad, but at the same time, obviously, um, there's you know a lot of generous charitable people out uh, there. Really good Mexican restaurant over there, Trapa Sueño. 
if you're in uh, downtown San Francisco, Trapasueno. Oh, so, good. So you you go to downtown San Francisco and you're you're giving out recommendations on Mexican food? Yeah. Come on, that's what, what I do. Wrong with Listen, you? that's what I do, man. I'm the mayor of Ensenada. I mean, what do you what do you want from me? All right, you know what I'm you know what I'm doing after the show's over? It's tamale night, Christmas Eve tamale night. I'm going all the way to Oxnard. Okay, that's how it's done. I got a 12 pack of Estrella Jalisco. I'm going to eat tamales. I'm going to hang out. I'll be the only white person in the entire room. I'm going to blend in perfectly. I'll be Wait, taller than everybody. So, who are you doing this with? Um, you know, is this with your girlfriend? Yes. Wow, you guys are back that? on pretty serious then. Uh, yeah, but we'll remove that from the podcast because you know how that ship goes. It bumps into things all the time, and then water gets in the boat, and then we're never never when it's going to go down for good. So we've got to uh, we've got to, we've got to be very. Careful I love how that. you're open about it enough to talk about it on live radio. Yeah, why that's not? awesome because I know she's not listening. Um, all right. So with that you being hope said, she's not listening. <laughs> eh, well, you know, there's always a lie I could pull. Um, yeah, make sure we dump that also. Uh, all right. So with that being said, uh, Brady Quinn, uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback who is not going to be in uh, the bowl game for UCLA. You mentioned you're going to be at a bowl game. Um, their bowl game coming up on Tuesday, the Cactus Bowl, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, he had some interesting comments about not playing in the bowl game. I guess he wanted to play, but he's not cleared from his concussion or whatnot. And these were yeah. some comments that he made uh, talking about the situation, comparing his to some other players who have been criticized for not playing in their bowl games. Here was Josh Rosen. I think it's unfair with, like, the Christian McCaffrey's and Leonard Fournette's and stuff and uh, maybe with Derwin and some guys because they play really physical positions. And for them, it's not an issue of it. if they're getting hurt. It's an issue of how severe because most of those guys get banged up to some extent every single game. Quarterback's unique. We'll take a, a few licks here and there, but not nothing like the beating those guys take. I'm in a fortunate circumstance where I play a not as physical position and and, um, and uh, I, it's just every single situation is unique and I don't think you can lump them all together. I don't think you can call it uh, a trend that people are starting to miss bowl games. I think players are just starting to realize that they have a lot of power and they don't need to be exploited. A lot of people bash them, but some of them have to realize that some of these guys have families. Some of these guys have um, kids. Some of these guys really have to support the people around them. And, and some of them maybe have put in, been put in unfortunate circumstances where they can't afford to be in school for another year. They might want to, and people in the media may not give them that shot that there's a part of them that may want to be in college, that may want to play in this bowl game. But if they feel they've blocked in their future earnings to take care of their kids or family, sisters, brothers, whatever, then I think people should really look into their story and see how football is affecting their life. And that was a UCLA quarterback, Josh Rosen. Um, where did those comments fall for you? Because I thought he was spot on. I, I thought he was very eloquent. I thought he was dead on with everything he said. And, you know, it, it's funny when he says people should look into their story. Yeah, not their Instagram story, all right, pal, or Twitter <laughs> where it's 140 characters. Like don't don't give me that. Now I go to Twitter and in 140 characters you're going to know someone's life story. Like go go donate to, first off, donate to Wikipedia and then so when you when you get there when you look them up and actually read through their bio and like try to read into some of the stories written about the individual cuz look, if they have the opportunity to go to the NFL and if they're sitting on a bowl game, they're probably pretty impressive. So I imagine there's going to be enough press to be able to read about their background, to understand the situation that their family's in, or maybe that they're in as a player. So 
I thought everything he said was dead on. I just wish our culture or society would actually take the time to learn about people's story and not just look at it at the surface level like so many people do out there and then all of a sudden develop an opinion off of that. Well, and I think the moving the story forward where this comes in, how much do you think that these guys who sit out a bowl game when they go to talk with NFL teams at the combine, how much do you think those questions are asked? Why did you really sit out? You know, I mean, they're because, definitely asked. Okay, no, no. I mean, the, look, if you're a running back, it's more understood. And to be quite honest with you, I can assure you, the Carolina Panthers had zero problem with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's not been all playing right. in their exhibition game. Yeah, he's been he's been okay this year. I think he's yeah. blended in well. He may have just said, like, I don't know, a rookie record for the Carolina Panthers as far as receptions, and he and he's a running back, but no, no biggie. Um, but but no, in all seriousness, like, I think it, it does depend on the position you're in. I, I think that's why, again, everything that Josh said was very accurate. If you're a quarterback and you sit out one of those games, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a big deal, man. I mean, people are going to they're going to they're going to test your competitiveness, your competitive spirit. Um, they're going to be asking all sorts of, of things about you, and you know you're going to have to answer the call. Uh, and, and look, unfair as it is, I think offensive linemen like Connor Williams, he's the tackle for Texas. He's going to sit out their bowl game. Like he's going to be questioned a lot about that. And, and here's the difference between a running back and a lineman. A lineman are always going to be in the position where they're not going to be praised. They're not going to, you know, uh, they're, they're not going to be one of the guys that you know really gets a lot of the attention that they actually deserve. But there's just this like stigma where if you're a lineman, man, you better be out there right. busting your butt every single game, every play, and wanting to win that fight that you're in every single play of a game. And when they see you not competing in a bowl game, they're going to question your toughness. And that's the ultimate tough guys on the field, the guys who battle in the trenches. So, you know, like he's he's going to have to answer that question. And I think for guys like him, because you know they're not necessarily uh, the nail per se. You know, they're not the guy carrying the football who just gets hit all the time. Um, and then they can be a little bit more aggressive, and they can actually be at the point of attack, especially in run blocking. Like he's going to have to answer those questions to a lot of teams. Now, whether or not that's fair, I don't know, but that's definitely the case uh, that I think a lot of college football players are in. And maybe that trend will grow and, and change over time as players start to realize the power that they have and the potential risk that they're in playing in an exhibition game. I think if we start seeing kids sit out of like the, the college football playoff. That's where all of a sudden this becomes a oh, big yeah. alarming issue, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and and I also try – I look at it if I were in their shoes and I think about how I grew up. And I grew up – I was poor. I didn't have any – I've talked to you about it. I, we didn't have money. That's just – it was a big family. Yeah. We were poor. If I was in the position to where I could go to the NFL and make money and standing in the way of me being able to provide with my family potentially for the rest of their lives and make their lives easier health-wise and everything else to go along with it, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go to the 99-cent store bowl. Okay, I'm not doing yeah. it. It just—it's not happening. Like, and for people that criticize these players for not wanting to play in these bowl games, understand that those players are the reason why many of those teams are in those bowl games. So, yeah. to, so, and, and we're talking about exhibition games outside of four bowl games. These are exhibition games, and and I don't I don't understand the criticism. Like these athletes are starting to figure out that hey, I I, I have the potential to be able to to do really great things for my family and take care of you know people. You know, one generation to the next generation, so on and so forth. I'm not going to risk all that for, I don't want to say a meaningless game because every game is something, but I'm not going to risk all that for something that, that's going to, you know, damage my ability to do that. Yeah. But think, think about this, though, too, right? And we're talking about the, the risk reward. The players maybe see receiving like a stipend or something, some cool bowl gifts. 
that's about it, man. Yeah. Like, like that's it. And it's an exhibition game. It's not written in your scholarship that you are uh, you have to play in that game. It's not. It's not in there, right? Because it's not a given that you're going to be in one. Um, and, and but think about the school, especially for some of these bigger games. Like if you're in a New Year's Six bowl, you're getting paid. You know, those universities are receiving money for getting into those bowl games. Now, a lot of that's put into the conference as far as them sharing, but just think about it from that perspective. Like, to your point, the player doesn't really have that much to gain, whereas the university is the one that's receiving all the money from it, not only all year long, uh, but also going just going to this bowl game. I mean, they're the ones that are pocketing all that, regardless of the outcome of the game. So if you're Jalen Smith or Notre Dame and you get hurt, Guess what? That might hurt your long-term ability to play in the NFL, and it might hurt your draft position, which it did for him. But uh, at the end of the day, you know Notre Dame's still getting their money from that. So I mean, that, that's that's pretty much how it works for all universities when you look at how it breaks down and really the risk reward for the player versus really the university seeking all the reward from those bowl games. Uh, he's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we have a surprising revelation in the MVP race in the NFL. So we'll have that for you next. But for all the latest. It's Steve DeSager. No Sunday night NFL game, but Seattle did win its late afternoon game at Dallas, 21-12. So the Cowboys at 8-7 and seven are eliminated from the playoff chase. Seahawks still alive, and Russell Wilson gets another win. You know, Russell Wilson became the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to have a winning record in each of his first six seasons in the league, assuming at least eight starts this season. So now it's a 9-6 and six record for Seattle, 9-6 and six for Atlanta after its loss. Those two are tied for the final NFC playoff spot, but Atlanta did win head-to-head at Seattle last month. Atlanta's loss today was 23-13 at New Orleans. The Saints clinched a playoff berth. Carolina, with a late touchdown, clinched a playoff berth with a 22-19 win over Tampa Bay. It was another San Francisco victory with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. That's four in a row. 44-33, the final over Jacksonville, and it's great defense. Garoppolo had the highest passer rating of the season for any quarterback against that Jaguars defense. Defense, and he completed 70% of his passes, highest completion percentage against Jags D this year. Blake Bortles, two touchdowns, three interceptions in the loss. Arizona shut out the Giants 23-0. The Rams clinched a division title. Jared Goff threw four touchdown passes in a 27-23 victory at Tennessee. Also, Chicago 20-3 over Cleveland, so the Browns at 0-15 clinched the number one overall draft choice for a second straight year. Kansas City won to clinch its division. New England won. It clinches a first-round bye for the eighth straight year, thanks to the Jacksonville loss. Chargers won to stay alive. Cincinnati and Washington with wins. By the way, missing the playoffs this season, the Redskins, Cowboys, Giants, also the 49ers and Packers franchises are missing the playoffs. It's the first time all five of those missed the playoffs the same year since 1964. There is a college bowl game tonight, the Hawaii Bowl, with a 7-7 tie now, early second quarter. Houston against Fresno State. Houston star defensive lineman Ed Oliver, the Outland Trophy winner, at 6'3", 290, lined up in the backfield and had an early touchdown run of one yard in this one. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. By the way, that is the uh, sidebar, the most points scored in Aloha Stadium this entire season. Uh, I just want to point that out. <laughs> Tied at seven uh, with the dumpy Rainbow Warriors in their crummy season they had this year. So, Did uh, did you just – were there some bad beats in there or what? Um, well, here's why I, I am very – Hawaii's near and dear to my heart. My highly rated weekend overnight show, yeah. um, that's the only game that's on during that show. So <laughs> – so I, I happen to know a lot about Hawaii football, and I've been a uh, a guest on the local show in Hawaii. There, our friends listening on Fox Sports nine ninety, uh, they have me on, and um, 
you know, it's a little disappointing, you know, especially when you go all that way and you beat UMass to start out the year, and it's like, man, that's the rough part of their schedule. Now they're going to turn things around, and they go 1-9, I think it was, as Steve mentioned earlier in the show, the rest of the year. It's a little bit disappointing. They even lost to BYU at the end. Now, yeah, that bad. is embarrassing. Bad. Bad. I mean, I don't know why Steve's got to take out BYU. I mean, that's yeah. What's I up mean, with that? Steve? Come on, Steve. that was a horrendous team this year. What are you trying this to pick? Year? You're Usually trying... they're you're predominantly pretty good. Jeez, these right. guys are all like 30 years old. How about Steve trying to, to pick a fight with Brady Papinga, Fox Sports Radio? <laughs> <laughs> right that would never happen. Oh my good. Yeah, Brady. Brady's never had a run in with an anchor before. No. Never. No, no, doesn't happen. No. Shout out David Gascon. Um, <laughs> gas man. <laughs> gas man. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, I do want to let you know, Brady, in about 10 minutes from now, I've got a major update for you, something very personal to you and a major update on the situation because I think you're going to wow. be disappointed. All right? Really? Huge news. Huge news. Does this have to do with the Seattle Seahawks? It does not. No, it does okay. not. Um, I know you love the gossip and all that, but I don't want to get into that now. Okay. okay. What about the MVP race in the NFL? Okay. Where do you st- who if you've got a vote right now and Brady Quinn's going to vote for an MVP, who are you giving it to? And who's maybe a surprise that could be on the outside with a potential to win it? Okay. For me, this is going to sound biased because I'm a quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no, no. Although we can get into that because obviously the Browns, <laughs> they're going to join the Detroit Lions. They oh, are. Yeah. They are, Jonas. They're going to be they one of two teams awful. to go zero and sixteen, and it's. Oh, anyway, I don't. I don't want to get stuck on that. Yeah, right don't now. worry. Um, the fact that Tom Brady is doing what he's doing at forty years old, it's it's just ridiculous. Like I, I, I think we see it and we become accustomed to it. So we don't really, you know, step back and look at what he's accomplishing. I mean, think about Michael Jordan if he tried to play basketball at forty. Like, like what? What would that have looked like? Yeah. Or, yeah. or even LeBron when he gets to forty. Like, well, he. I mean, granted, different sport, but they're also not taking hits like a quarterback is in the game of football. Um, so I just, <laughs> what he's doing to my, in my mind, is truly remarkable, and I think he wins because it's the most important position on the field. And he's been phenomenal this year. But my surprise, and a guy that I don't know, I mean, I'm honestly torn, is Todd Gurley. Yes, he's really I mean, good, man. Look, he's the third player in NFL history to have over 2,000 scrimmage yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, 5-plus receiving touchdowns, or, yeah, receiving touchdowns. And guess who the only other two players were who were able to accomplish that? Marshall Falk, Hall of Famer. And O.J. Simpson, and I'll let you put in the last part behind that. Uh, O.J. Simpson? Oh, can I, yeah. uh, how about double murderer? Does that count? Well, that, uh, oh. I mean, he wasn't convicted. In oh, you meant Hall of – okay, I'll be talking about it on the field. I thought I was just uh, – I was, I was yeah. thinking about that whole incident in Brentwood. Right. It's the holidays. What do you want from me? All right. I mean, so, you had to dampen the mood. By, I, well, okay. Well, I'm just you brought up OJ Simpson. That's the first thing people. Think. He's just, one of. Oh, so anyway, Todd Gurley is one of three players to be able to accomplish that. That's how unique it is, and it just goes to show you. And obviously today he had a huge showing. Uh, what 276 total yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's you know as much as Jared Goff has grown and Sean McVay gets credit and everyone else, uh, Wade Phillips, the job he's done with the defense. Like, I mean, look, Todd Gurley has gotten back to what we thought of him after we saw him his rookie season. I think you can make the case he's very deserving of, of that MVP award as well. If Carson Wentz is still healthy, 
How does that change things? I think he's in the mix for sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe he wins it depending on statistically what he's doing and where his team's at. Um, but I, I'll put it this way. Does Philly have more talent on their team than the New England Patriots? Oh, yeah. So my, my only my only thing to that is Tom Brady is doing more with less, and he's doing it at 40 years old. Uh, so I'd still give him the edge, but that's going to upset people in Philly. But look, that's the bottom line. Like, and we, and to be quite honest, we didn't see uh, Carson Wentz finish out the season. So look, maybe he would have done something ridiculous, and statistically there wouldn't have been an argument. But at this point, I still think you got to give it to Tom Brady. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, Brady, coming up next. This is huge news. All right, we're gonna have an update on Santa Claus. That's important. Uh, but this is even more important. Something very, very close to Brady Quinn, right? Something that he is, I'm, we're talking about really, really close to, all right? You are going to be dis- di- really disappointed when you hear what I tell you about this, okay? Are you ready for something like this? I think so. Okay. I'm kind of scared now. All right. Did I lay that tease on thick enough? <laughs> oh, that okay. was plenty thick. Okay. Now, you're probably going to be a letdown, but I'm telling you, you're going to be disappointed. We'll have that for you next year on Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. uh, Updating you on the whereabouts of Santa Claus. Uh, Last we heard, last hour, he was over uh, Europe. We do have reports that he is uh, traveling over the Atlantic right now. Heading to the East Coast uh, within the next, I I believe within the next... Hour and a half to two hours, he could be uh, in the East Coast. And uh, I heard uh, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Yeah, I heard he's kind of taking like a, a snakeward approach. I don't know if Santa Claus again. He was in Amsterdam, um, so I don't know if there was something that happened there that would cause him to to take this sort of route. But at this point, he is making his yeah. way across the Atlantic. Uh, it's funny. I heard a different adage that the uh, easiest way to get let go from a job. Um, is a white straight line in Miami. Now, I don't know if that's – I don't know if you can confirm that. Again, you're that's more awful. closer to the situation. Um, that is awful. <laughs> what do you want? The guy did blow on camera and then licked his fingers afterwards. Like, we we can't touch anything like that? I mean, are you kidding me? That was made for shows like this. <laughs> I don't oh, – Merry man, Christmas, just, everybody. Yeah, I, I can't touch that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you deal with all the booger sugar stories. Right? Um, yeah, okay, good, good. That was that's good of you. I, I appreciate you leaving those to me. Um, by the way, we do want to let you know uh, we have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15 percent or more on car insurance. All right, so there's a, a football game going on right now. It's uh, it's the Hawaii Bowl, and um, yeah, this uh, this Hawaii Bowl, this has got something that I think is going to bother Brady Quinn. I think you're going oh, to be very no. bothered by this. Now, oh, this Hawaii I know exactly Bowl, what you're okay, going to say. It features... I, I, already, I already know what you're going to say. What is it? I guarantee... Go ahead. I guarantee you I know it has to do with my alma mater. True or false? No, it does not. Oh, okay, go ahead. It, it does not. Okay, so this is Fresno State in Houston playing in the Hawaii Bowl right now. It looks like it's 8.30 in the morning there. It prob- probably is. <laughs> I want to read to you the items in the gift baskets, if you will, the grab bag, the swag bag that these players are getting. You mentioned this earlier. I have the items in the Hawaii Bowl swag bag. You want to hear them? Yeah, let's hear Okay. So they get uh, an electronics gift suite, an Oakley backpack, and sunglasses. By the way, you can get uh, fake Oakleys in Ensenada, Mexico. They're called Jokeleys. 
<laughs> I'm serious. We, we used to get them in Washington D.C. Yeah, they, when they're like your junior high takes uh-huh. that trip. There'd be like guys selling them on the side. Oh yeah, yeah. You, but the best part, you go to Ensenada, you can haggle them for the price. Like it got to the point too. I got so good at it, they ended up paying me to take their items. That's how good I got at it. But again, that's not one of my finer moments. I thought that because that was because you did something else. Like you used more of a barter system <laughs> yeah, than money. That's true. Yes, that is true. I got some time before the cruise leaves. All right. So uh, also in the uh, grab basket for the Hawaii Bowl. A Tory Richard Aloha shirt, or maybe it's Tory Richard. I'm going to call it Tory Richard because it sounds funnier. Uh, is that a brand? I don't know, but I'm looking at the at the shirt. It's awful. It looks like wallpaper from the 70s. So a Tory Richard Aloha shirt. You get a beach towel. <laughs> what is this? Coming Bed Bath and Beyond. You get a beach towel. Like that's what you get for going to the Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> F that. Uh, you also get a pro athletic surf trunks. A performance T-shirt. Um, now that I look at it, that kind of sucks, uh, because I can compare that. You're going to be at the Foster's Farms Bowl, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know the gift bag on that, but I can do. I tell you something you're leaving out? What's that? You're leaving out the stipend these players get to get to the bull site. Now, I don't know how it works for every university, but typically, based on where you live, you get the approximate ticket price to fly to and from that bull destination. Oh, and you don't pay for the ticket. Ah, uh, well, come. Sometimes there's a team charter, so if you could take that team charter, if you want to oh. hang around, yeah, so that's you po- why so oh, many players okay. they end up pocketing that cash, and they end up taking the team charter. Oh, yeah. Or you know, if it's not in Hawaii, obviously, like if it's if it's somewhere else in the country, like close to your home, you just drive, and or you find you know a cheaper flight and you, you pocket it or something. Uh, you, you ready? Use someone's miles. Okay, I'm going to do we're going to do a little bit of a game prep for you here because you're going to be doing the Foster's Farms Bowl. Yes. When, when is that game on Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Yeah, 8 8 p.m. I believe. Okay. Um East Coast on Fox. Oh, and I'll be on the air at that time. It'll be you and I, man, dominating. You and I, you're working a game. Uh, I'm doing a radio show no one's listening to. That's going to be fun. I'll text you during it. We'll just oh. have a text conversation back and forth. Awesome. Um, okay, here here is a little bit of show prep for you. Are you ready for the uh, items inside this for the Foster's Farms Bowl between Arizona and Purdue? Are you ready for this? Yeah, this is great. Let's, okay. let's, let's, let's do it. A fossil watch, a Sony extra bass noise-canceling headphone set, a Ooh. Timbuktu backpack, coin, and a $25 Apple iTunes gift card. That's better than the Hawaii Bowl. Now that I look at it, I'd, I'd much rather have uh, the Fossil Watch than the uh, Tony Richard Aloha shirt and the beach towel. Uh, it's Tory Richard. And I'm actually on Whatever. the website right Tony, now looking Tory. at these shirts. You know what? I'll tell you what. If his name was Tony, he'd have a better shirt. <laughs> well, if his name was Tony, the shirt would be Hawaiian. It'd probably more of like <laughs> a uh, I didn't mafioso think about that. type that shirt. That is. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's the cologne. It'd be, it'd be like. Richardo, okay, you know, or Richarda, um, in the vowel. Okay, so uh, what do you think about all those? Items? That's not bad. No, it's great. It's a great haul. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what you say. Coin? Yeah, they just said coin here. I don't know what that means. Coin? Huh? I don't know uh, if it's maybe Bitcoin. it's like a commemorative coin. Or yeah. Something. Oh yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, like a Foster's okay. Farms commemorative, um, or maybe no, that's. Uh, I mean, all things you're going to use. Right? The headphones are sick. I mean, that's what every kid has now. No one actually talks to each other. They just walk around in headphones all day. Well, what so about that's a uh, one. a Timbuktu backpack? I'm gonna have to look that up. Is that, I'm not aware of that. But. Is that from the same family of uh, Two Buck Chuck, the old school wine that people used to get? <laughs> what do you mean the old school wine people used to? Didn't you tell me you bought that like a week ago? <laughs> Listen, I have a I have a wine guy I go to. He recommended Two Buck Chuck. Who's it, that wine guy? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, his name rhymes with uh, Lady Finn. Um, <laughs> I will only uh, 
<laughs> Only give that information out. He may have played at Notre Dame. I, no, I, I may have given you barefoot. <laughs> like if I was going to give you a cheaper one, like barefoot's no. great for the price. But. I should have done that. Now, I, I ruined a perfectly good joke. Brady was giving me wine recommendations for Christmas because I don't know anything about wine. And, and he's telling me about all these nice wines and the best prices. You are a connoisseur. You really know your stuff. Well, I, should, I drank too much wine. Uh, I well, I mean, what I want to be like you. And so I should have responded back to you and said, hey, man, I found a really great deal on this stuff. Oh, awesome. What's it called? Two Buck Chuck. And just see what your response would have been. Because you probably would have never spoken to me again. But Not true. I would have said, buy, buy a whole case, man. All right. Well, we fun. got more next. So we got a lot to get to over the next 10 to 12 minutes here on Fox Sports Radio. All right. We got a ton to get to. We've got playoff scenarios in the NFL. Next weekend is going to be craziness from top to bottom. So we'll get to that stuff here uh, coming up shortly. We've also got an update on Santa Claus. Uh, we are trying to find out exactly where the hell this guy is. Um, hearing uh, conflicting reports. Somebody said he was in New York. Uh, somebody said he wasn't in New York. It's just very, very bizarre stuff going on right now. So we are trying to get to the bottom of it all. We've also got Live Bet Jesus, uh, who apparently is going to be stopping by. I didn't know that he dabbled in college football, but that is the rumor that he is somewhere around and that he really has his eyes set on this Hawaii Bowl. So, well, you'd, you'd think, I was going to say, you'd think that Live Bet Jesus would have some expertise since he, uh, I mean, I guess you're you're his mouthpiece for him, and you're very closely associated with yeah. the Hawaii Bowl, with, yeah. with, you know Hawaii. So it kind of makes sense, I yeah, guess. I, I it just it's you know it, it's really trying to to find a. I, I didn't know that he knew about college football. I thought that he was more of an NFL guy. I mean, his track record of success has been pretty impressive. Um, plus, the longer he waits, the better the line it is he gets. So uh, I, I don't know if that's something that we uh, that we want to wait, uh, if we want to tell Live Bet Jesus to come back in another time, or if you want to do it at the end of this thing, we can do that. I mean, well, it's I really think Live Bet Jesus hit last week, right? He got back on back on track. Yeah, he did. So he you'd think did. he'd want to kind of follow that up and get a little streak, you know, yep. a little winning streak. But again, it's pretty crowded in the sky tonight, Brady. Uh, you got Santa Claus, um, you know, somewhere. Uh, I, I've heard Spain. Um, I've heard uh, you mentioned Amsterdam uh, for obvious reasons. Um, there, uh, we have heard all sorts of conflicting reports on where Santa is. You at this say point. for obvious reasons. Yeah, I, I said he just stopped off for some coffee and a little brownie. Yeah, you're the one who said he went to the red light district. Like Mrs. Claus isn't helping him out enough. Like, it- apparently, he's not spending <laughs> enough time with her and making too many toys. Well, hold on a second. It's a very busy time. Okay. And uh, timing is everything in a relationship, Brady, and I don't think we need to dive into Santa's personal life like that. But since we're on the topic, where do you think he goes in the red light district? Do you think that there's a uh, a certain shop he prefers, or do you think— uh... Well, it's hard when Rudolph is leading you, right? I mean, because he's, yeah. he's got his red light glowing. It is. And again, it's just—the entire thing could be a little bit confusing. Yeah, but I, I agree. I, I've never been there. I have no idea. Um, so I, I really couldn't say much to that. My wife has been actually, she competed overseas mm. for gymnastics. So, uh, I think she's been around that area, um, probably scared off, um, uh, knowing her cause she's pretty innocent little lady. Um, but you know, as far as Santa goes, he's, uh, he's been around the world a time or two. If you yes. Know what I mean. Yeah. I, I know many people like that. I've dated many people like that. If you know what I mean? Uh, all right, so uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. So we will have an update, live bet Jesus, all sorts of fun stuff coming up here on FSR. But let's start with the uh, NFL playoff picture. Um, this is, I mean, there's just a ton going on. Do you want to start AFC? you want to start NFC? Like, which do you find more interesting? Because we've got a lot going into next weekend. 
I, I personally feel like the AFC playoff picture is only because I touched on it earlier. I mean, Tennessee's on a three-game losing streak. And, and I felt like when they were 8-4, and four, right, so like three weeks ago, yeah. um, I looked at them, I was like, you know, this is a team that honestly, with the additions that they made, they could be a team that if they could put it all together, they could be really tough to, to play against because they can run the football, at least they, they've got the ability to. We saw that last season from them. Marcus Mariota typically hasn't been the type to turn the football over in the red zone, although he's had a rough year this year. Uh, and their defense, they made additions on defense, in particular to their secondary, um, that you would have thought that they would be better in pass coverage. That was their Achilles heel last year. And like, intermittently throughout the season, each one of those pieces has played well, but like never all together at once at any one point in time in the season. So because of that, um, you, we, we now look at them as an 8-7 and seven team that sits in the sixth spot, but the team that I think will end up getting into that final spot in the playoffs is the L.A. Chargers. Oh, I hope and, so. And this is, this is what they would need to do. So this week they've got to beat Oakland, okay? Then they need the Titans to lose to Jacksonville, but I, think, I believe they have Jacksonville come up to their house, and I believe now in their last 11 games they're 9-11 at home, or 9-2 at home. Um, so that doesn't bode well for L.A., but they've got a shot. They need the Ravens to beat Cincinnati. Now, I would have said before today, because I thought it was a shoe in that Detroit would beat Cincinnati, given how they've looked the past couple weeks. I would have said that would have been a gimme. But the way we've seen some of these divisional games go, not saying that anymore, but I think the Ravens will win that game. Now, the wild card to me, because the Chiefs needed to beat the Dolphins or the Broncos, they beat the Dolphins today. So so that they got that part of that done. Now they need the Bills to lose uh, to the Miami Dolphins next week. And that one... It's a toss-up. I have no idea what that game is going to look like. So um, they've all, all of a sudden got to become Miami Dolphins fans and at the same time rooting for the Ravens and then hoping that Jacksonville is able to find a way to pick themselves up after Jimmy Garoppolo absolutely diced them up uh, this past week. Yeah, and uh, so Jacksonville already clinched the division. All right, Correct. So, so Jacksonville uh, won the AFC South, so they're in. They're going to be hosting a play uh, playoff game which is going to be awesome watching. I, I think it'll actually be the first time ever there's been an NFL playoff game hosted by a team who has a swimming pool in their stadium. I don't know. I don't know if that is, I don't, I don't want to confirm that all the way through, but I do. I, if that turns out to be true, that's what I like to do. Say things and then find out if they're true afterwards. Cause if they are, I want to take credit for it. All right. So, so I, I'm just saying that is a possibility. So you got Jacksonville, and then there's Kansas City. I, now, it, do any of these teams? Okay, say, so the Chargers get in. I think the Chargers could pose some threats to the top teams in the AFC, whether it be New England, Pittsburgh, potentially Jacksonville. Um, even though Jacksonville beat them earlier this season, um, I just Tennessee. Like that's another team we talked about. You, you look at the head coaching situation in Tennessee. I, I wouldn't be that surprised if Tennessee looked at this and said, we are not getting enough out of our offense. There's been players that have spoken out about being frustrated with the offense. Like, it wouldn't surprise me, especially if they fail to make the playoffs uh, and, and lose their final four games, if you find out that Tennessee is in the search for a head coach at the end of the season. That wouldn't surprise me at all. No, it, it wouldn't surprise me either. Um, and, and I think – it, it, I always find it interesting when ownership makes these sorts of decisions only because you know, you decided to invest in the Mike Malarkey so that you could keep continuity with your quarterback and Marcus Mariota. You decided that a couple of years ago, and you invested around him. And just because they didn't pay off its dividends in year one, you all of a sudden want to scrap that plan and bring in someone else, which 
if we know anything about the NFL, it's a copycat league. So what will they probably go do? They're going to look for the next Sean McVay. Yeah. And and the issue with that is, you know, you're you're bringing in a guy who's unexperienced potentially as a head coach. You may not get the same results, and all of a sudden, you know, you're upset with the decision that you made. Uh, because you decided to go different than what you had a year, you know, the year before, because you wanted to sell something to the fans and sell something for 2018. Um, so that that's the hard part that I have. You know, I, I think I'd keep Mike Malarkey in place. I think he's a good coach. I think they're a team that they need to figure out some things to me on their roster uh, in order to be able to get this team in a position where they can win the division and and maybe make some noise. And look, who knows? Maybe all of a sudden they they get a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. I think the the irony to this all is, so they play Jacksonville, right, in Week Seventeen. Yeah. And if they make it, if, if they beat Jacksonville, do you know who they play in the wild card round of the playoffs? If that was the case, who's that? Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, oh, okay. they would be the three so, seed. So a back to back. Okay, got you. So um, that's the, that's the weird thing about this is I, I'm kind of like curious to see what that would look like. Uh, but I, I think the Chargers have a much better chance if they get in of making some noise and maybe you know upsetting some people at being the sixth seed. Uh, now over in the NFC, we know it's uh, Philadelphia and we've got Minnesota that are vying for a home field advantage there. The Rams clinched the division. What a job Sean McVay's done uh, yeah. with that team. Now is he the coach of the year? Uh, in my mind, yes, and I think it's only because it's his first year as a head coach, first year with the Rams. I mean. So many things can that make an I think argument for Zimmer, with. though. Can make an argument for Mike Zimmer. You can this make an argument backup. for Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, like they they lost Julian Edelman. They they had Gronk suspended for a game. I mean, they've dealt with some different things, and you know they always find a way to win. Um, you can make an argument for Doug Peterson. I mean, look what he's done, and and what, look what they've done with the injuries they've had. Injuries at running back, their left tackle, their quarterback. Now, um, there's a lot of guys I think you could make a case for. I just I think Sean McVay probably has the best case, um, but now we'll see. if Sean McVay wins Coach of the Year, does he share the honor with Jeff Fisher, or does he just mention him in the speech? <laughs> I think in Jeff Fisher's mind, he maybe okay. like will chop off a, a piece of that trophy and <laughs> what a give loon. it to him or something. What a loon that guy! Is. But in all seriousness, though, like I think as a coach, you know, you feel a little bit partial to a lot of the young guys that you were a part of, that you drafted, that you helped coach. That you help bring them along to that point. And look, if 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 Jared Goff was going to take the step, you know, that we all thought he was going to take in his second year and be the player that we think he was drafted to be, um, you know, maybe maybe he just needed an offseason. You know, who knows who knows if they would have done the same thing that they were doing last year, especially as good as Todd Gurley's been. Like if like if, if your answer was, well, we're gonna run the football and play good defense, well, Guess what? The Rams have run the football well this year and play good defense. Yeah. So the only other thing they've done is they've really opened things up in the passing game. And, you know, maybe, you know, look, Les Need's still there. Maybe they still would have drafted all the same players and done all the things they did, bringing in Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. So maybe maybe there is more validity to what he says. Maybe he should receive a little bit of credit for, you know, preparing these guys to be able to be, you know, able to take that next step. Uh, New Orleans is sitting right now at the four spot. They can win the NFC South should they win next weekend. Uh, the Panthers are in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how the Panthers are in the playoffs. I, they, they remind me so much of Baltimore. Like I, I look at them and I'm like, man, I just don't get it. I Dude, really, they're eleven and four. I know, but I just, they won today. They beat the Bucks. I, like, how did they lose to the Bears? You know, like, like uh, they can't. That 
I think that was Cam Newton early this season where his shoulder wasn't fully healed. Uh, By the way, uh, reportedly Ron Rivera led a a cheer after the game uh, saying, uh, on the count of three, we say Mr. Richardson. One, One, two, three, Mr. Richardson. Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Panthers. So now people are 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 hearing that and they're up in arms about it. And now, really? yeah, they're they're upset. Cam oh. Newton spoke out in defense of him. It's listen, man. This is people want to get into this 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 all this other well, stuff on the side. And look, they, look. Here's how I'd put this. I I always feel like, and we heard from scouts. There were African American scouts within that scouting department that said, "Hey, he never spoke to me in that way. He was a tremendous boss." And and people will like give flack to those guys who are like. Look, like I'm not saying what he did was right or or how the environment was, but the bottom line is if you never knew that about the guy and he always treated you well yeah, and you, you had nothing to but good things to say, yeah. It's like, look, there's people who probably really liked him as an owner who he treated great. And then, and obviously there's others who didn't feel that way and that wasn't their same experience. But people shouldn't be all of a sudden like you know an outcry because someone, you know, had a good relationship with him. I mean, they obviously weren't aware of what was going on. Yeah. So, uh, and then also the uh, the final one, just to uh, just to finish up the NFC playoff picture, you've got the Falcons sitting right now in the sixth spot. The Falcons uh, should they win coming up, and they're playing Car- they're playing Carolina. Yeah, um, coming it'll be up, a tough one. Yeah, if if the if Atlanta wins that game, they're in. If they lose, and Seattle beats Arizona, then Seattle gets into the sixth spot. Correct. And and so that's so there's I mean there's so much that's going to happen. You've got a couple of games on Monday night, so a lot well, a lot to get into. A lot. One of. thing though that I'd love to see if that scenario played out, if Atlanta loses and Seattle goes right, which you can attribute the season then if you're the Atlanta Falcons or their fans to Super Bowl hangover, right? We see this with the loser of the Super Bowl all the time. The yeah. next year they don't make the playoffs, but if if Seattle was to win and uh, you know beat Arizona and go uh, as the sixth seed, guess who they play uh, in the wild card round? Los Angeles Rams. Oh. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you've got two six seeds playing three seeds that are a divisional rematches, and we get to see them for the third time, and it's like, there's going to be good games. Yeah. Like, if that ended up playing out that way, it'd be fun to watch. Oh, my God. He's here. He actually... Oh, hold on. Somebody turn the lights on. Hey, oh, turn his the... timing's impeccable. I, can't I mean, even... it's almost as if the game went to halftime. I can't even see. What do you mean? I don't even... All the power went out. I don't even have a TV on in the studio, Brady. This is ridiculous. I don't know what you're trying to allude to here, pal, but the lights are out in the studio. I have no idea what's happening. Something is touching me. What the hell? Oh, that's me. Is that Bobo? Um, oh, that's I don't know. That's, okay. that's me. I was looking at uh, Bobo's Snapchat. Okay, so um, here we are. Uh, the uh, There is a, uh, a light shining down into the studio from the sky. Uh, the windows have parted. Uh, it feels like I'm I'm watching uh, some sort of nerdy space odyssey movie. There is a something floating down onto the desk. I'm assuming this is from Live Bet Jesus. Uh, I'm assuming that this is from him. Let me open up. There is a a scripture here. I have it. If you think I'm making this up, I will read this on the air. What just dropped down onto the studio here at Fox Sports Radio? I will read. I'll open this up now. You got any spare change? No, that's from the homeless guy. Give me the other one. The other one that's, um, yeah, that one. All right, here it comes. Sorry about that, folks. There's a crowded, large audience outside the studio. There's crowded stuff here. Let me open this up. Did you up. give the All guy right. some spare change? This is Christmas Eve. Yeah, cool. I need money for beer. All right, let me hear this. this up. It is now on the 24th of December, 2017. 
that Live Bet Jesus would like to proclaim the over of 46 and a half in the Hawaii Bowl between Fresno State and Houston. And as you mentioned, Brady, they just went to halftime. It is 13-10 Fresno State. So the over of 46 and a half from Live Bet Jesus, that is, uh, I mean, that's a ballsy pick from LBJ. And uh, and now the lights have come back on in the studio. I don't have any pants on. I don't know what the hell that's. Nonetheless, that is the pick. <laughs> over 46 and a half for Live Bet Jesus here in the Hawaii Bowl. It's somewhat of a ballsy pick. Uh, I will say this: the timing of it was interesting because in the past, as we've, as we've talked about, yeah, live bet Jesus has been burnt with when he's decided to place these bets. Yeah, it's, um, it's almost so, like he intentionally stalled there a little bit to make sure. Yes, it's happen. almost like he waited for yeah. he, uh, excuse me Fresno State to kick that field goal right before <laughs> right. half. Right. To go up thirteen ten and immediately pounced on that live bet. Yeah, that is uh, it is crazy, uh, crazy coincidence here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so he's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, we've got more controversy in the NFL, and we've got an item that Brady and I, I don't think agree on. That's next year on FSR. You just got to get it up on some days. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up here in uh, just a second, we will tell you about a situation in the NFL. We've got more controversy Uh, in the NFL, and I think Brady and I are on two different uh, ends of the spectrum here, so we'll have that here for you. Do want to let you know we are brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. You got a report on on Santa Claus, Brady? I mean, do we know where the hell this guy's at? You're bringing up the red light district, and uh, last I heard he was in in Spain. Um, I'm just conflicting stuff here. We've got to get down to it. Where the F is this guy? Yeah, he's in Maine right now. Okay, um, so he's starting to reach the uh, eastern seaboard. He, he's starting to get there, but not quite time to get to New York City, which is yeah, it's a big stop, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people there. You got to drop by and see. Although, I don't know how many have been uh, nice or naughty, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, given my past experience being in New York, but it's going to take him some time, and uh, it's still early. And you know how New Yorkers are, man. They like to stay up, so uh, I can't imagine that he would risk going to new york city before 11 p.m eastern no right? not a shot because and I, you gotta actually pick and choose your your places that you want to go to on the east coast because i mean santa like he's got to wait until like after three because those gyro carts or whatever they call them euro carts in manhattan those oh, things yeah. are those things are pumping out street meat until like two three in the morning so he's got to really be careful when he's uh in manhattan. I'm, I'm sorry can you say that again they're, they're what's happening uh they're pumping out street meat until like uh two or three in the morning Huh. Yeah. Never uh, never experienced or seen anything like that before. Really? Yeah. Come over sometime. Why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? All right. Why, you're the why, one talking about street meat. It, uh, you've, just, you've never seen the gyro carts in Manhattan? You I've walk, seen the you, peanut ones. Okay. Where, like, they're selling the uh, careful, what, by hazelnuts. The way. Or, what's let's, that? Let's be careful how we sound that, how we pronounce that on the air. <laughs> Oh, though that was that was what you're concerned about right now. By the way, where's AJ Hawk? Is he in the house? Is he in the building? He's somewhere. I went down during one of the breaks. I couldn't find him. Is he boozing? So I'm not sure. Is he a drinker? Uh, not, no, no, no. Dude, they got four kids, man. I mean, also he's a heavy drinker. No, no, it's not like that. Like, here's what I'll say: is and I, you know, I only have one child, but when you drink and then your child, like, our, like my daughter got up today at, at five a.m. Yeah. Okay. We went last night to the Columbus Blue Jackets game because my brother-in-law plays. So we went to support him. They got a great win in overtime. It was awesome. Your cousin is uh, Jack Johnson, by the way. 
Yes, sir. Not the uh, so, not that crappy uh, musician. That guy's music. Stinks. Oh come on, he's got some oh, good give songs. Give me a break. You know you like banana pancakes oh, and all it, that. It, it is that that Jack Johnson. If you're listening right now, your music stinks. Okay, I don't want to smoke weed and drink a 32 ounce of some surf beer and then kick a hacky sack around when I listen to music. Okay, I want it to grab me by the heartstrings, pull me in, and tell me why the f I should care. All right. So what were you saying? Uh, anyway, so we had a few beers at the game, enjoying ourselves. And, uh, you know, when my daughter got up at 5 a.m., that was like the last thing. And I was just like, this is <laughs> yeah. this is exactly how I thought it was going to go the second I, I drank a Bud Light last night. I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink like one too many, not feel great the next day. And my daughter's going to get up two hours before she typically gets up. And it's going to be a great start to the day. And she oh. was just a uh, a delight all Christmas Eve day, let me tell you. Okay. Well, I do need to ask you about this because the NFL has got another controversy, this catch-non-catch thing uh, that's going on. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin is the latest recipient of uh, what people perceive to be a bad call. Uh, it was called a touchdown on the field, and then it was reversed after they looked at it. Even Mike Pereira was upset about the call. I'll be honest with you, I, I watched Al Riveron uh, the head of officiating who broke down uh, the play and why they called it incomplete. I get it. Okay. So let me just kind of read through the sequencing because this is all the also the statement that was given out, right? So as you noted, touchdown, overturn, called incomplete. And, and what the explanation was was that Benjamin didn't get control, all right? He didn't get control. He was not able to get both feet inbounds uh, before his back foot was off the ground, right? And then he stepped out of bounds. So and what and what they said was he wasn't able to gain firm control, all right, with both feet in bounds. So I have two issues with this. The first is it's subjective. Like all of a sudden we're interpreting the type of control, right? So did did something change? Did all of a sudden they make the language to state that he has to have firm control? Does he not just is he not just able to have control of the football? And, and I'm right there with Mike Pereira on this. In particular, when he talks about how, you know, they've they've changed the standards, they they've changed the standards being this replay was brought in to support uh, the the call on the field in most cases, okay, and it was brought in to then get a clear idea where if it was indisputable, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, meaning you one hundred percent have confirmation that the call on the field was wrong, okay. That is then when you would go to replay, all right, and be able to make sure you got the right call. So what I'm what I'm talking to or what I'm referring to is, and what I think Mike Prayer is trying to get at when he speaks against this is the fact that, you know, the game is played in real time. We don't ha- they don't the officials don't have the opportunity to break down every single you know millisecond of every play down into pixels and in, in, into a frame to be able to go frame by frame and look at every play. So because of that, you they ha- their word and their call has to carry more weight. And then we can use this replay as kind of a crutch, per se, because we want to use it in big moments of the game, things that could impact it. But we're not talking about uh, it, it being you know, 51% in our minds that we, we believe that call was right or wrong, right? Like where there's just a, a barely, you know, barely a majority. We're saying 100% everyone in the bar is watching and everyone comes up with the same conclusion after watching the replay. So that's the issue that I have with it, is at this point we're – trumping those guys who are down there in the zebra uniforms, you know, on the field who are making all these calls and we're putting all the trust 
back to the suits back in New York, guys who were able to sit there and look at it, not in real time, but frame by frame, slow it down, and at some point sit there and say, well, he didn't have control, and, and this is this is what we get for, or gather from this. And I still sat there and looked at it and say, you can't look at it in still frames. And, and by the end of it, after watching it from different angles and everything else I saw, I don't know that it was indisputable. I don't know that if you pulled everyone in a bar, they would all sit there and say, yeah, I don't think that was a touchdown. I agree with that. I get, I get what so, you're saying with that. So that's that's what I think the issue is with all of this is replay was never brought in to all of a sudden be what we rely on. It's the officials we rely on on every play of the game, okay? And then when we think they're wrong or when we have a huge play like that, we use it to confirm what's already happened on the field in which and the call in which they made or you know it, it's it's to overturn it if we know for sure. I don't think we knew for sure in that particular case. I think the other element is that I mentioned was the subjectivity to it. Like all of a sudden, if you're going to break every little thing down on replay, down to frame by frame and pause it and look and freeze it and, and try to look at it, you're creating even more subjectivity to something that already I think is the issue is the fact that we didn't have this issue before with with officials when we didn't have replay on, 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 in, in this sort of realm, right? So now we have replay. Now all of a sudden everyone's like, well, we don't know what a catch is anymore. Well, it's because we keep making it harder and harder to interpret because it depends on the person and their vantage point. And that's all I'm trying to get at is I think that was a touchdown. I think it's different than what we've seen before. I know everyone wants to relate it to two weeks ago, but each case is unique. Let's not all act like they're the exact same play. Uh, He's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, we will have one of the hottest competitions on sports radio today. You don't want to miss it. That next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, Steve DeSager. Thank you and Merry Christmas. No Sunday night NFL game for Christmas Eve, but two NFL games on Christmas. Pittsburgh at a Houston team that's lost four in a row. The Steelers tomorrow will clinch a first round bye with a win. A Pittsburgh upset loss would give New England the top seed in the AFC. Then on Monday Night Football, Oakland's at Philadelphia. The Eagles are 12-2. and They can clinch top seed in the NFC tomorrow night. There is a college football game right now. The Hawaii Bowls at halftime. Fresno State a 13-10 leader against Houston. No NBA for Christmas Eve, but five games up starting uh, on Christmas with Philadelphia at New York. That's 12 noon Eastern, and then there's the Cleveland at Golden State game. Lakers have a night game tomorrow, but Lakers rookie Lonzo Ball will miss that contest due to a sprained shoulder. Ball is averaging 10.7 rebounds, 7 assists per game. As far as the NFL news, Seattle is still alive after winning at Dallas 21-12. The Cowboys at 8-7 now are eliminated. The Lions are 8-7 now. They lost at Cincinnati and are eliminated. Washington and the Chargers each with wins. Chargers are still alive. San Francisco beat Jacksonville, but the Jaguars clinched the AFC South when the Titans lost. Tennessee lost at home 27-23 to the LA Rams. The Rams clinch a division title. Jared Goff had four touchdown passes 301 yards LA for now is the three seed in the NFC New Orleans is number four because LA beat New Orleans head-to-head this year New Orleans has clinched a playoff berth though they won at home against Atlanta 23-13 so the Falcons at nine and six miss a chance to clinch a playoff spot today Seattle and Atlanta nine and six right now one of those two teams is getting the final playoff spot in the NFC and one of those will be out they're tied for the last spot 
Atlanta did win at Seattle head-to-head last month, keep in mind. Carolina got a late touchdown to win over Tampa Bay 22-19, and the Panthers clinch a playoff berth. Panthers end the season at Atlanta next Sunday. We assume that'll be the game flexed into Sunday night, not yet official. Kansas City won to clinch a division title. New England won and then clinched a first-round bye. Chicago beat Cleveland 20-3. The Browns 0-15 clinched the number one overall draft choice for a second straight year. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And right now, it is time for this. Time to put your money where your mouth is. I have been losing. You know you're a lion, low-life gambling degenerate. It's over under. It might be the hottest game show and competition on sports radio today on this show in this time slot. It's called Over Unders. And for that, we turn it over to our executive producer, Eric Roberts, to find out how bad I'm beating Brady this season. Oh, yes, guys. We only have a few more editions of this. I think we got one more. We got this week's and then next week's edition. So you are not beating Brady, but um, Brady did cross the century mark for his number of correct picks with uh, this week's um, thank you thank picks. You. He went three and one. We do have one in play because uh, I know Ryan Dennis filled in last week. So he did pick one. Um, one of the Monday Christmas days, Christmas yeah. Day games, yes. So um, Nick Foles TDs against the Raiders tomorrow, still in play, over under two and a half. Could decide it because Jonas, you went two and two. Brady's at three and one, so you could kind of keep your um, eight game. Brady could what? keep his eight game cushion. Yeah, well, yeah, or no, eight pick cushion. I mean, yeah, the best Jonas can do is finish tied. Is what you're saying? Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, but but. But this is the first week we're actually doing the competition, right? Like all this other stuff. Why, why have you said that for the past <laughs> sixteen weeks? Well, it's a new audience. Uh, like it's a. Uh, so this has all been a warm up. Now, like now it counts. Like this, like it's like the old baseball all star game slogan. This oh, time right, it counts. Right. Okay, yeah. now I get it. Okay. Yeah, guys. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move into this week's edition. So for those pay, paying attention this week, now uh, Jonas is trailing by eight picks. We got two addition. We got two more weeks to go here. But so. again, this is the first week yeah. we're doing. But again, it. So yeah, I mean, we, we two more weeks to go. It's week seventeen. It's the last week. No, well, well, there's one more week in the in the in the year, Brady. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, we we did do this for like all summer, and we did hot dog eating competitions. It hasn't just yeah. just been football. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, how far do you want to take this thing? We can get all the way to the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup. I mean, how far do you want to take? this Yeah, it deal? depends on how big, how much of a beating you <laughs> I, take. Yeah, I think Jonas weeks. will decide wh- whether he uh, wants to keep going <laughs> with the record at on the thirty first. So. Because after football season, we're bringing back headliner live from the ashes. Oh, thank okay. God! So there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on on this show. It's a big deal. Okay, guys. So this this week's edition of over unders. We're gonna start with uh, tomorrow's Christmas morning game between the uh, with the Steelers. We're gonna set the over under at two and a half for number of TDs for Le'Veon Bell. Two and a half, huh? Uh, Houston's defense. Have you seen their numbers recently? Good. Yeah, God, they're, they're pretty bad. bad. Um. Okay, rushing and receiving, or just rushing? Number of TDs. Total Both. TDs. Yep. That's a touchdowns for those of you out yes. there that might think he said something else. I think he gets two. I don't think he gets three. So I guess um, I'm taking the under. I'll go the under as well. A little defense there by Jonas in the first pick. There you go. <laughs> Look, man, I know what I'm doing here. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So the next, next one, uh, we're going to set the over under at three and a half for the number of TD passes between Matt Ryan and Cam Newton combined on Sunday morning. Oh, well, Brady hates Matt Ryan. So that's not true. This. Do not say that. Uh, that is the furthest thing from the truth. 
Uh, let's see. You said you would take Sage Rosenfels over Matt Ryan. So let me think about this. Let's also go. a good dude. Um, I've heard that about him. I heard he actually is a good dude. Oh, he's awesome. Um, oh, so over under three and a half. Passing or total? Passing. What, Ryan and Stafford? Is that what you're No, saying? Ryan and Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Ugh. In Atlanta. I don't know if that helps with uh, your guys' choices. I'm all. taking the over. I'll take the over as well, too. Why are you trying to play this out this way? Because this is the first week we're doing it. I'm playing a little defense early, and then I'm going to you know, close the game late. What? <laughs> All right. So those eight games you're down are irrelevant to you. Wait, what? What do you mean eight games? What are you talking about? Eric, could you explain the game to him again? <laughs> I, I, I tried I got to, it. but yeah, I mean. So um, so next next one, guys. Over under one and a half. Um, 49ers in LA against the Rams. One and a half TDs for Jimmy Garoppolo. I will take the over. Oh, man. He's been so good. Hey, Gar- is Garoppolo the best quarterback in that division? No, I can't give him that yet. Because Russell's pretty darn special. Mm-hmm. Um, and Goff has played really well. But over one and a half, you said? Yep. Man. Yeah, I'll take the over. I'm going to take the under. Did I think I say, it's one. Did I say the over? You know, I think, now that I think <laughs> about it, I would like, you know, now now that I've actually had a chance to sit down and think about it. Uh, you no, know I'll, what, I'll Eric, take give the me over. the opposite of whatever Jonas does. <laughs> I'll take the over. You're not going to chime in at all here. Just, I'll just take, whatever he says, go opposite. I got the over. I'm going to support Jimmy G. Okay, guys, so we're going to take out the crystal ball here a little bit. So we're going to set the over-under at one and a half for the number of NFC West teams to make the playoffs, okay? So Atlanta winning their in. They lose, Seattle wins, they're in. So next week, will it be Rams and Seahawks or just Rams in the playoffs? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, man. Um, I, I'll take – I think Seattle's getting in. I think Atlanta's going to figure out a way. So that would be the over. Yeah. I don't think they uh, – I don't think Seattle gets in. I think it's it's just going to be – just going to be the Rams. The Rams, okay. Did I say Seattle to get in? Is that <laughs> – I still don't understand your strategy. You need to make up ground here. Listen, I know what I'm doing. All right, there's plenty of time to get back into this. <laughs> I have okay? No there's idea. Pl- if there's you know plenty what you're of doing. time. Like, what? All right. Okay, guys. Final one. There is some college football going on next week. Um, USC, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Over under two and a half for touchdowns thrown by Sam Darnold. I can't believe he's Ooh. playing. Never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. I think he gets two. That's a good secondary and a good pass rush. Uh, I will take. But I have a reason for this. I am gonna take okay. the under also. But I but well, it's be, because it's a good secondary and a good pass rush. <laughs> okay. And besides Deontay Burnett, I, I know they have some other young players, but I don't know. I don't think they stack up well versus that secondary. Man, why is he playing in that game? Like, what's the point? What do you mean? Man? Why? We don't know that he's for sure even leaving. You might come back next year. You see what Josh Rosen said about not wanting to go to the Browns? Wants to go to the Giants? <laughs> well, I don't listen. I, that that makes all the sense in the world. If if, if the if the Giants are are we done with the uh, over unders? Yeah, we're done. We're we're done. done. All right, got okay, it. cool. Because okay. and I want before we get to break real quick. But wouldn't it make sense if you were the Giants to to have Eli Manning back for one more year and have Josh Rosen underneath him? And I don't mean that uh, sounded weird. I mean, as his backup quarterback, like wouldn't that wouldn't that make sense in New York? Yeah, it would make sense. The problem is, um, again, if Cleveland wants Sam Darnold, they would have the first pick. 
So there's there's really nothing they could do unless Sam Darnold took a hard approach. Or we're talking about Josh Rosen anyway, by yeah. the way, because he's the one who made that statement. Yes. So let's let's say Josh Rosen's in this position, and he could say to Cleveland after they draft him, "I'm not signing a contract with you. I'll sit out, I'll wait till next year's draft." I mean, that was what Eli Manning threatened to do um, when when he was taken by the Chargers. So and that's why that that worked out a trade, obviously for for Philip Rivers and, and Eli ended up going to New York, but. Uh, so that could potentially play out. The difference is, is you're talking about Eli Manning, you know Archie Manning's son, Peyton Manning's brother. Like yeah. the Manning's got a lot of clout. I don't know that like any quarterback just wa- waltz in and say, "Yeah, I'm going to sit out for a year," and people aren't going to be upset by that or ticked off. Like I don't know how understanding other teams would be. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they would be, um, just because of how things have gone for the Browns. But you know. <laughs> I don't see that being the case. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, we've got huge news on the biggest star this Sunday in the NFL. Don't go anywhere. That's next year on FSR. Love this song. It is so good. I can't wait to listen to the Mexican version coming up later on. What does that sound like? I don't know. (laughs) Who, Who the hell knows? All I know, man, I'm going to get ripped. That's all I know. <laughs> and I'm going to eat tamales, and I'm going to tell them, guess what? These are below-average tamales, and I do not care. <laughs> if they kick me out, so be it. I know my way around Oxnard. That's where that guy from the Dolphins met that uh, you-know-what that he Is sent the video really? to. Yeah, Oxnard, when the Dolphins were out here for the hurricane. Uh, Is that true? Yeah, maybe. There's just a fun <laughs> way to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> Reportedly, that's uh, that, that was one of the rumors that's out there. Yeah. Allegedly, um, can you tell you your story? Center gap. Oh, hold on a second. That is enough. All right, uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. We've got great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15 percent or more on car insurance. So, as we wrap things up here, by the way, Arnie Spanier, Chris Plank are coming up here uh, in less than 10 minutes from now. They will give you the very latest on where the hell Santa Claus is. We lost him. Live Bet Jesus showed up. uh, Then a homeless guy walked in front, and it threw everybody off because I thought that was Santa Claus. And then I realized, well, no, that's not Santa Claus uh, because he wouldn't be drinking Mad Dog 2020 on Christmas Eve like that guy was. (laughs) So, it threw everybody off. Um, but but Arnie and Chris will take you up uh, and keep you up to speed on all the whereabouts of Santa Claus, break down the NFL and all that in less than 10 minutes from now. But can you take us into what Christmas shopping for the lovely Alicia was like for you, trying to find her the perfect gift in this joyful and cheerful holiday season? Share that fun tale, Brady Quinn, if you will. You're really throwing me under the bus for this one. You <laughs> this really are. This is good. So... We just got back from celebrating her 30th birthday. We had to postpone it a couple weeks, and it was a, we had a great time. Went to the Bahamas, um, really enjoyed ourselves. One of their parents, uh, uh, some other friends of ours, uh, and it was you know it was it was a, f- a fun, awesome time. Great way to celebrate her 30th. Pretty pricey, um, so we kind of made you know the agreement that we weren't going to do much for each other in regards to um, Christmas. But I still wanted to get her something, so. I told her like when we were getting in town, I was like, "Hey, Sunday, I'm gonna have to like run an errand, so if you don't mind, kind of holding down the fort with our daughter Sloane, uh, I'm gonna run out and get something." She's like, well, "What are you gonna get? Why can't I go?" And I'm like, "Oh gosh, one of these deals." <laughs> and mind you, like last night, you know, had a few beers, kind of early wake up call with the daughter, so like it's not like the morning got off to a great start. 
So I was like, you know what? This will actually work out better this way. So I brought her with me just to basically come shop for the gift that I was going to give her. But the thankful thing is when we got to the store looking at stuff, she didn't like anything. And they actually were out of stock for most of it. And that's what happens when you wait till Christmas Eve day. Um, so we ended up leaving. And I was just like, well, this kind of stinks. Uh, but I'll ev- we'll eventually come around to get her the gift that she wanted. We just haven't really had time to, to pick it out. Can you do the uh, – so when you told her that you were going to run to the store to get something, can you just do her reaction one more time? It's very well done. <laughs> why can I come with you? <laughs> I was like – I can just picture her saying oh, it's, and she like, in my And to know my wife, you have to understand, she's from the East Coast. She's from Boston. She's Italian. So when she gets angry, like it's everyone in the room knows it. Like she doesn't, she wears her, she wears her emotions on her shoulders. So like I, I was just like, all right, I'm not even dealing with this. Like she's gonna be a hundred percent okay with coming with me because she's gonna think like I'm up with something shady on Christmas Eve day. So anyway, that was our my pathetic uh, gift giving story uh, for my wife today. Which and our, and our daughter, we we got her stuff, but it's all. All down in Florida. Now, you tell me, though. Okay. I, I noticed you got some stuff for Bobo. Some guys. Yeah, lotto scratchers. Yeah, yeah I got Which, a. Did they net anything big? Well, I mean, they won like uh, five, six bucks and a ticket, I think. Um, you know, and in a, uh, in, when you think about, you know, $21 scratchers, that's not bad. That's not a bad uh, return on investment if you think about it. You gotta, no, you so gotta, you what, gave each guy five scratchers? Well, listen, it's not. I mean, maybe if they would have scratched differently, they would have been winners. I mean, I, you can, I, I don't think what? that you can blame me. For the what, what's the different fire. with no what's homes. the different payouts? Uh, one, I think. Uh, what did you win, Bobo? You won uh, like four or five bucks and a ticket. Something you know like... how to find me, homie. All right, that As is these uh... right here's LOLs. <laughs> That's the widest drop in the system. Um, I won four dollars and two <laughs> so tickets. Even me. Uh, what about you, Roberts? What did you win? I got I got like two dollars and four like three or four tickets. Well, you know the best part. You know what I'm getting my girlfriend. What? Not a damn thing. <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.